Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. The time is now 12.35 a.m. exactly Eastern Standard oh, Time. So it is now officially Wednesday, May 25th, 2022. Which means we have now hit the... 45th anniversary of the release of the first Star Wars film, Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope. Yeah, time to party. So, we are going to celebrate, <laughs> real quick, this was almost like an impromptu um, uh, episode, I guess you could say. And the reason being is, um, the evil people at Disney, who have just done nothing but crap on... The Legacy of Star Wars. They were originally going to release Obi-Wan, their new show, which probably has very little Obi-Wan Kenobi in it. They were going to release it today, but then they found out Stranger Things was coming out on Netflix on Friday. So then they bumped it to Friday to try to mess up, and also to try to mess up the binge-watching of Stranger Things on Netflix. They added in, to buy your love even more, to totally cover up that they were ignoring the 45th anniversary. It wasn't like it was the 37th anniversary. It was the 45th anniversary of Star Wars. Just like they ignored the 40th anniversary a few years ago. Um, yeah, they bought your love. They're giving you two episodes on Friday. You can watch it then if you want. Your fandom has been weaponized against Netflix. I don't even care about Netflix. I hate Netflix. But I just don't like the anniversary of Star Wars being crapped on the way it has been. So... After taking my licking, after having the nerve to complain about it on Facebook, and everybody telling me, just shut up, you're going to watch it anyway, you're going to do this, they're going to get your love back when they give you Baby Yoda, all this crap, I said, you know what, and people saying, well, the anniversary doesn't matter, it just, you know, what's the big deal of watching a a show about Obi-Wan Kenobi on the anniversary of the movie that the character originated, what's the big deal, just do what Disney wants, just go against Netflix, after all that bullshit, I said, you know what, Drop all that, whatever, that is what it is, move that to the side, and anniversaries are for fans, they're not for corporations, they're not for streaming service. oh, streaming services, they're not for that, they're for fans, so we are fans, and we are going to watch, chronologically, the first Star Wars movie, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, now unfortunately, we do have to watch this on streaming, even though we owe 30 (laughs) copies of it on (laughs) Blu-ray, It's just, but it's it's for the reason we just recently moved. A yeah, lot of our stuff movies are packed up. Ninety percent of our collection is everybody's packed right. away. What's the point of having discs when you could just stream it? Mark. Yeah, and we'll, we'll we'll talk about this Phantom Menace version <laughs> that's streaming here. But oh, it, yeah. but anyway, we have it at the let's see, we have it at the one second mark here. Twentieth Century Fox logo. Streaming so, fresh off of uh, Disney Plus. Streaming, but you can <laughs> sync it to the 20th Century Fox logo on your disc, which I'm hoping that's what you guys are, you know, if, if you are following along. Or if you're just sitting around somewhere listening to a podcast and you want to hear about Star well, Wars. I kind of want to talk about the streaming thing before we start this, because I don't want to actually talk about the movie when it starts. Okay, tell them how bad the so, stream sucks. Okay, so for me, I am a self-admittedly admitted snob of discs i will never watch a dvd anymore i am all about blu-ray i won't even watch a 4k yet because they haven't figured their shit out on that yet 
on whether they whether depending on what movie you get yeah, yeah you like, could get some jank 4k I just, that's a gamble that i don't i mean i have to ask you if i'm gonna consider you know getting those it's but a movie by movie basis either way, it's a gamble and i'm just not into that yet so i am all about watching everything on disc i despise watching movies streaming it's the last thing i would ever do if there was it's the only thing i, I would do if there's no other options like in this situation yeah and really it's because I can tell the lower quality of streaming. Like I feel yeah. like I'm not getting a real version of the movie in some way. And so I've never really like I guess tested that. I've just always kind of held that standard for myself where I'm just like, no, nope, I'm not going to stream a movie. I'll only if we get the disc, get the disc from Netflix. Any way we can watch it on the disc, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. And like there's a lot of movies too that we have that I'll ask, like, if, or if I'm considering getting and you're like, oh, I have it on DVD. I'm like, no, <laughs> we don't have it. Yeah. So, like, in my mind, we don't have it if you only have no, it on I, DVD. I, I, if you ask me if I own it, I'll tell you. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But to me, in my mind, like, my response to you when you say, oh, well, mm-hmm. I have it on DVD, I'll be like, okay, we don't have it. So, like, I, I just, this is the first time that I've actually, like, kind of, quote-unquote, tw- tested my, my feelings about watching a streaming version over a disc and my my experiment validated my feelings because this is the worst version of this movie I have ever watched it's terrible. in my it's horrible. life. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'll get into it a little bit, but to me, I, I, I know for a fact it's not even just about streaming with this. It's just, it's just a terrible master that Disney... Disney was too cheap to remaster it for 4K, but we'll get into that. And it's funny because I always, I always preferred the visuals of episodes one through three over four through six because four through six obviously was made, you know, in in camera for the most part. It it was made a long time, like not a long time ago, but it was made obviously way before one through three was so it looks different, obviously. And it was made a long time ago in a galaxy far far away. of the modern technology of the time for one he, three. He he didn't just take advantage of it. He waited for it to be possible and then he invented most of it. Yeah, so like it looks newer compared to the, you know, the, the other episodes, you know. So I've always that it's just my opinion. I'm not saying it's better. I'm not saying anyone is worse. It's just my preference that I like the visuals of episodes 1 through 3. So to me it's always looked crisp when we watch it off disc. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it, always a clean and pretty, yeah. and you know, like I, I just have always loved it. On here, when we watched it this time, it was the first time that I've ever felt like I was like watching what, a DVD version. What is this shit? It yeah. was so weird. Yeah. It was the weirdest. No, experience. I agree. And it, it, it looked even... nasty. It looked terrible. It, honestly. You, like, well, I hate to say this because whenever you watch it on like regular cable, it's always cropped, which yeah. I hate. But that, which I even watch that. But that quality coming through a halfway decent cable provider looks better than this garbage. Because you know, I always whenever TNT yeah. is doing or whatever channels doing the marathons, you always walk into the room because I always have it on TV, right? Like I'll even sit there and watch those versions of it. Then ever choose to watch this version of it again? Oh, it's terrible! It's terrible. And like it's just. 
the straight it was a strange thing because it's not like i we went into it's not like you started it and i was like okay let me see how i'm rubbing my hands together let me see how i like this version of streaming this movie mm-hmm. you know it's like i wasn't even thinking about it i was just watching it because i was like yay we're gonna watch star wars you know like i was just excited like i always am to watch star wars but as i'm sitting here watching it it was like it, it looked terrible. <laughs> well, you, you know what sucks too is you know there's there's probably a chunk of people. I'm not going to say it's a large chunk, but there's a lot of people that just like got out of disc who own disc yeah. and they're just like I'm just done with this streaming, streaming, streaming. Yeah. So there's probably people who gave away their Blu-ray copies yeah. and are and they're like, oh, Disney Plus has it in 4K. Yeah. This is the fakest, most terrible 4K you will ever really, see. Really, what makes me feel like it looks terrible is, like, obviously, especially, I don't know if he originally, I don't know if he changed them later on the way he did the older episodes, but, like, obviously he uses a lot of digital, you know, technology, and there's, um, you know, animals and scenes and stuff that require CGI, you know, in the movie. Yeah. But to me, it's always looked natural. Like, it's never yeah. looked, like, computerized. It, 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 well, first of all, i got to say a thing about these 4Ks. The reason I've never bought the 4K disc, and you can go and read the reviews, and they'll give them good reviews because they're 4K and they're in HDR, mm-hmm. but they'll tell you in the reviews, if you got a halfway decent review, they'll tell you in the reviews, they took the grain out, they has that frozen grain, which means they did a process to try to minimize the grain. Because people who buy 4K don't like film grain, and then they... It's not too clownish, but they jacked up the colors with the HDR enough to where, like, everything looks almost green screenish in this in this version. Yeah, it's like, terrible. that's what I felt. Like, I felt like you could see the pieces of the computerized parts. Like, that's... that's but it's it not even like. that, though. It, it's so bad that, like, when there's, like, people just standing behind them in, like, a dialogue scene, yeah. it looks like the people behind them are fake and that they're in a freaking green screen like it just yeah. it looks nasty well like there was and i'm i think I'll, i don't really want to point out any of that crap while we're watching it but like there was one scene well i gotta talk about qui-gon's face because it's just the number the <laughs> no, sure the surest the surest sign of digital noise reduction is is that they've done something to take away the film grain is when the actor's faces look like they're made out of wax like they're <laughs> wax figures and qui-gon is like the worst in this he looks so waxy and i know they did some like janked up stuff like that i did notice where it looked like you could see his his fake hairline his, his wig it well you've always been able to so see his more obvious yeah you always been able to see his wig but i'm talking about just his face it looks like oily and waxy and there's a couple close-ups of ewan mcgregor that look like way too and and they will blame this because because they even said oh we 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 use the same master they try to throw george lucas on their bus because they're like oh for the 4ks we use the same masters that George Lucas created in 2010, which it's like, they're admitting they're using decade-old masters. <laughs> yeah. But they're like, yeah. I was like, okay, well, first of all, one thing that is a fact was HDR was not created when George Lucas made those masters. Yeah. Which means whatever implementation of HDR there is yeah. on this version, actually all of his movies, that means you put it on there. Yeah. You put So don't even take that away. As far as the fake film grain, I don't know if George Lucas removed that or not. But while, like, the the Blu-rays don't look perfect, and I wish I had them there so we could watch them instead mm-hmm. or compare them, but even though the Blu-rays don't look perfect, like, in all honesty, it's so much better looking. It's yeah. so much more film-like looking than this Disney garbage that they spit out on 4K. Well, and I think that's what I'm um, referring to. Like, there's this one scene, I can't, I think it's, like, when they're somewhere around the water before they jump in to go to uh, Jar Jar's, you know, place. Yeah. 
It's like you can see the lake or whatever it is in the background, oh, and yeah. the lake looks separate from the land. Yeah. Like, it looks like it's like a puddle sitting on top of the... I don't know. It just... You can see, like, where the different elements, like, this is the lake, and then yeah. this is the land. Like, it's, like, the way it's, like, separate. I'm moving well, my hands, like, you can see in this I mean, honestly, <laughs> honestly, with that, be, like, 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 yeah, well, it, it, I can't really defend it one way or another, because a lot of the CGI elements obviously look faker, which can happen. But I never noticed stuff like that, is yeah, what I'm saying. But, I mean, you, that can happen when you bump it up to 4K naturally. But at the same time, it's just like, it's just bottom line, like, this ancient-ass CGI looked better on Blu-ray. Blu-ray hid the flaws better. Just, I guess it was just in The general, film parts look better on Blu-ray, and the CGI looked better on Blu-ray, and that's all In general, also. overall, not every movie needs to be <laughs> cleansed like that. So well, it just... That's it, really. I mean, my number one thing, and I've avoided so many movies, especially on 4K or whatever... Same thing with, like, Blade came out in 4K. Everybody's like, oh, Blade's on 4K. Oh, you know, everybody who's bought it on DVD and bought it on Blu-ray and now they're excited. But I, re- I, read the review, I read the review of every 4K before I buy it. Yeah. And if I see any hint of, there has been some light film grain removal. Yeah. Nope, nope. Yeah. If a movie was shot on film, you shouldn't tinker with it to make it look shot di- digital. Like, yeah. that's just the bottom line. And And by the way, like I was saying before, like, Granted, we don't really know why this looks so bad, if it was George Lucas's fault or Disney's fault. But one thing I will say is, go read the 4K reviews for Pir- the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie on 4K disc. It looks waxy, terrible. They took the grain out. People actually say, when you do shot-for-shot shot comparisons with the Blu-ray of Pirates, that the Blu-ray, you actually see more on the Blu-ray because it's not scrubbed and waxy looking. No. So... And we know Disney's been making terrible videos, like home video soundtracks forever, yeah. like going all the way back to Avengers 2, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, we know Disney puts out garbage home videos. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, so that's our rant because we, unfortunately, we had to watch this terrible. Like, to me, this is George Lucas's film, but we're watching the Disney version of it. And one thing, too, just lastly, like, like, you know me, every time we watch these movies, I cry like a freaking baby yeah. because I get so emotionally into it. Yeah. This one, I, there were so many scenes of the ones that I usually get really emotional on, and I was just so, like, flat. Like, yeah. I, I wasn't feeling anything. It was The pod race was is usually, like, super exciting, and I'm yeah. usually like, he's so cute with his little helmet and his thing. And, like, <laughs> then when we watched it, that, you know, when we watched it, the first time on the stream, I just didn't feel anything. I was actually even, like, so tired and, like, what? I just, I don't know. It was weird. It took the emotion out of it for me, and it was just so strange. It was the weirdest experience watching this. Well, the, the last thing I'll, I'll say, and this goes to be said with streaming versus disc, was this brand new Atmos soundtrack on Disney+, Plus. to me, to me, the sound was way weaker than what's yeah, on the Blu-ray, that honestly. That might be it, too, because... You know, usually when we especially watch, during the pod race, like when that we watch sound off was the like discs, yeah, like we have like the awesome sound that we have. So yeah, yeah that I, did that does affect. And me. I kept trying to turn it up, but it just when it <laughs> when it, when the the sound is like flat, you yeah. can turn it up, but it's still flat. Yeah. Like so. Anyway, yeah, we got a two second mark. Twentieth Century Fox. Twentieth Century Fox. Old school. I'm gonna play this before this stupid thing tries to go to sleep on me again. So I want to say one, two, three, go. And when I hear the word go, please hit play on your remotes. And hopefully you're watching this on a disc and not a terrible streaming service. So everybody, one, two, three, go. Save yourself the money. Get those old Blu-rays. They're better looking. Are we allowed to do that? <laughs>
we gonna get sued now? <laughs> what to tell people to buy the Blu-ray version no, instead? No, sing the song. <laughs> oh, well, that probably. Yeah, yeah. I'm, sh- I'm shocked they didn't slice the 20th Century Fox. Well, actually, I guess it doesn't matter since they bought Fox now. <laughs> so yeah, so I I remember like this is in a lot of ways the Star Wars movie I have the fondest memories of because. Well, I was technically, I was literally like a newborn. I was born. Oh, I a, love the stars. Oh, that's my. Yeah. Favorite. <laughs> and it never this whole like thing. And I thought this too when this came out. It never quite looks exactly the way the original ones did because obviously there's different technology <laughs> to make credits now. But especially with the newer ones, like, like I'm even nostalgic for these credits. So, <laughs> yeah. I I guess I'll just read the cross since this is like got slammed for being one of the most most boring crawls of all time. So it's episode one, The Phantom Menace. Turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. The taxation of trade routes to outlying star systems is in dispute. Oh, it's too complicated. Hoping to resolve the matter with a blockade of deadly battleships, the Greedy Trade Federation has stopped all shipping to the small planet in Naboo. Oh, I don't understand. While the Congress of the Republic endlessly debates this alarming chain of events, the Supreme Chancellor has secretly dispatched two Jedi Knights... The Guardians of Peace and Justice in the Galaga Settled Conflict. So yeah, th- this no, was like the number one thing when people shit on the prequels. They go, oh, it's all about taxation. <laughs> Th- that one sentence, that's like the only time you ever hear anybody talk about fucking taxation in this whole thing. But you know, it is what it is. So anyways, you were talking about your memory. Or... No, I just have a... Because this was like... I know for a fact I saw Return of the Jedi. And oh, this, this looks so cool. <laughs> just anyone look cool on here. Yeah, I saw Return of the Jedi when it came out. Like, I remember because I was, like, about six years old by the time Return of the Jedi came out. But, I mean, I don't really have... Like, I don't know if I went to, like, some re-releases of A New Hope or, um, you know, Empire Strikes Back or whatever. But I know for sure I saw Return of the Jedi first run in the theater. So, it's, like, the most exciting time period for me as a Star Wars fan was when they brought out the special editions. Because, like, Star Wars was back and I got to go see them all on the big screen again. Mm-hmm. Um... Like, when they did the special editions, I saw A New Hope three times in the theater, and then I saw Empire and Jedi twice each. But it was like... And then you only had, like... What's cool about the special editions, I believe they came out in 97 for the 20th anniversary at that time. And um, you only had to wait, like, two more years for Phantom Menace to came out. So it was like, you were waiting for a little bit for the special edition, so it wasn't like... Like, I know they always say, like, oh, you know, like... Um, uh, Phantom Menace was a 19 year wait and stuff which is like technically true from Return of the Jedi but it's like I like that he got you ready for Star Wars again with the special edition re-releases yeah. and it was cool how they they came out in theaters like three months apart from each other but I remember like this scene just being like <laughs> like it's kind of funny now because it's like at the time this was quote unquote new Star Wars as old as this is now yeah. and I just remember thinking this was like such a classic like opening to a Star Wars movie like I thought it was so cool because it's like you never actually saw Jedi Knights before in Star Wars like they actually are full on Jedi Knights that's true like you seen Obi-Wan Kenobi in his robe or whatever like as an old man but it wasn't like he's like hey Luke I'm wearing my Jedi robe like like, you you just thought at the time that's what Obi-Wan Kenobi wore because not even not even Luke is like like in this one it'll happen later but like when um when Anakin sees him, he he recognizes him. You're a Jedi Knight, aren't you? Yeah. Luke doesn't see Ben, quote unquote Ben, oh, like yeah. that. He doesn't like he sees him on the thing. He doesn't say you're a Jedi Knight, aren't you? Well, yeah, because he. I mean, Luke didn't grow up in the era of the Jedi Knights. That's what I'm saying, yeah. though. It's like they the Jedi weren't a thing necessarily yeah. 
in that. They were like the samurai of their day. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like no. But I'm just saying, even then, the concept of a Jedi Knight, like, it just wasn't a thing in those and i didn't even realize that until you said that right now (laughs) so like how you're pointing out like this is the first time we're really seeing them exist it's yeah it's pretty cool and i remember george lucas at the time too like you know hyping up like you know like oh like wait till you see the uh the jedi like you know we've never seen the jedi at their the height of their powers before and it's true because like they do so much more shit than like luke ever could you know, even more than Vader could, too, because, you know, Vader's all physically, like, all screwed up by the time you get to, like, episode four or whatever. Yeah. But it's so, like, yeah, it's, like, really cool to see all these powers and stuff that they have in this. Yeah, this whole beginning part, like, it has a lot of, like, stuff that, I'm, like, I don't know, you don't even think about, like, I mean, it's really kind of like vampire stuff, like, like, super speed and, like... yeah. It's just so impressive to see because it's like, wow, they can do that. Like, <laughs> just because you don't see it any any other time, really. They never really do super speed ever again, honestly. No, they never do. I mean, they they do the sped up flips, but they don't do like the run down the hallway that they do here. And they do the high jumps, like the high being able to jump up high and all that. But yeah, they don't do any yeah. like uh, super speed stuff. And like another thing I love about this, so this is the first time you see the Jedi just slice up the battle droids. But this whole thing with the the Nemoidians, who are like the evil trade federation aliens, and then like their army of robots here. I like how you can see their um, lightsabers glowing in the steam and the smoke. Yeah, <laughs> like when when I you know like during the lead up to this film, when I found out that because the one thing I was like I couldn't wait to see stormtroopers, you know, because stormtroopers are like one of the stormtrooper armors, one of my favorite things about Star Wars. And, like, once, like, you know, the hype, like, the trailers or whatever for this movie came out, there's no Stormtroopers. I was, like, really disappointed. And I was, like, oh, I guess they just came up with this droid army just so they could slice them up and make it real PG or whatever. Which kind of is true. But, like, when I saw this movie and I saw, like, the droids, the not, like, not just these, like, Roger Roger droids that run around, but, like, in the hangar, how they showed all the actual droid ships walking around by themselves and doing all that shit. Like, I fell in love with the droid army. Like, I love it. It's, like, one of my favorite things to play in all the video games, like, Star Wars Battlefront and all that. I love the droids. So, like, yeah, like, like I love that George Lucas, like, brought a lot of new stuff in us. Just, like, the Nemoidians. Like, we never saw them before in Star Wars. Like, I love that this one, like, did feel like a completely different era of Star Wars well, timeline. Well, this, too. Like, we never really see what the lightsabers can do. Right. And, like, this here, like, how he's, like, melting how he, the he door. he melts the door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Like, I remember uh, the... These, I hate these guys. The droidicas, yeah. These are... Anytime I see them in anything, I just, ugh. Like, I'm always like, ugh, not these guys. Yeah. Because <laughs> you just can't, like, beat them. They seem so difficult to defeat. Yeah, but I mean, just everything that's, like, going on here, like, in the background with the droids and stuff, like, I love these shots of, like, the droid armies and, like, all their battleships and stuff in the hangar. Like, that's just, that's what Star Wars is missing so much nowadays, and that's what the Disney era, like, can't deliver, because for whatever reason, like, they don't want to take the time or they don't have the imagination to really build these, uh, well, they can't build a Star War, like, they just have all these, like, magical people running around doing stuff, but, like, I love how George Lucas, like, really scaled up the actual idea of, like, actual war. Like, like in order for a, a war to take place um, across many planets, like, you need huge armies in, in order to do that. Uh, like, I like how this movie made it really believable that that could be happening. 
Did you see the Jedi made a joke? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, I love that. Like, again, one-liners, and, like, I don't think any of the recent movies really were able to capture that or but the TV like, shows. It's but... so funny, because, like, he kind of says it, like, oh, we're not so, we're not allowed to make jokes, but I just made one. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could be wrong, but it, that might have been, like, a trailer one-liner, too, about, well, they were right, the negotiations were short. <laughs> But, like, yeah, and there was a lot of Star Wars video games around this time, like, multiple ones that, like, recreated this whole opening part and, like, where you get to slice through all the battle droids and stuff. She is my favorite. Yeah, we see Queen Amidala on the video screen there. She looks so awesome in these movies. I just, I don't know. I don't want, even when she's just in her normal, like, battle clothes or whatever you want to call them, her fatigue, so to speak, like, so she does look so cool. Talk about the planet Naboo here. This is the first time we see. It's where I want to live. <laughs> yeah, talk talk about the planet. What you what you think of it? What you like about it here? Probably because it basically looks like Italy, and I love Italy. <laughs> yeah, it just looks so peaceful and like pretty, and like when they go to the I'm talking like way in advance, but when they go to the like little villa and they're like standing outside on that patio that they're on when like obviously years later like it just looks so pretty it looks like not heaven but just a paradise i guess like it yeah. just looks so cool and then i like the way she dresses like their style that they have there just looks i mean hers isn't necessarily roman but uh, like the other ones are kind of more roman but I don't know, like, just the style of this planet is just so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And, like, obviously, we got to talk about her costume. So, we actually, years ago, we we got to see that exhibit. We got to see a bunch of these costumes yeah. in person. Yeah. They're, like, it doesn't look like it on the screen. She actually looks, like, larger than life on, in, on the screen on these shots. But those costumes are actually really tiny because yeah. she's really tiny. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember how old she was at the time. I mean, not that she probably grew much after this, but I think she was still, like, just a teenager, like, maybe, like, 17, 16 or something in this. But, yeah, like, this is what I love, where, like, they just roll down to a planet. Because, like, basically, like, they were hovering with their blockade surrounding the planet, and now, like, once the the kind of the the jig is up, so to speak, with the... um, you know the Jedi going on the ship and realizing what they were doing, and then. But look the, in the background. There's a bunch of aren't those a bunch of droids that are like being driven. In? Yeah, being ridden in on the the troop transports and stuff, uh, and just like these scenes of like how they're just destroying the forest and the yeah. animals running. Like, to me, this like builds so much more like excitement and like dread than like any of the stuff you see in movies now. <laughs> he looked funny hanging onto his neck. Yeah, here we have Jar Jar. Um, I don't know if this oh, is Oh, dang, that looks like a real animal running away. Don't yeah, they like... do. I think it was a baby hippopotamus that <laughs> ran by. It was, like, galloping. But here we have Jar Jar, who at the time, they were so crazy that, you know, this was the first, um... Like, I guess you wouldn't really count, I guess, the the dinosaurs of Jurassic Park, but they kind of build him as the first ever CGI character. And there is a few times where you get to see some feet and some hands, which are real, but mm-hmm. he's mostly CGI, like... Well, but like his, I was just looking at how he was walking and his thighs, like it looks like a real person. Yeah. Doesn't look like a completely, isn't it just that they did that like motion capture thing? Well, obviously not with his face, but. I mean, they had the, they had the guy, if you ever see behind the scenes photos, they had the guy really there as Jar Jar and pretty much like he had, he had like, um, 
the whole suit on except for like his head was just like a the top of it was like an inanimate head and it was the real guy's face mm-hmm. and he wore like a visor so the actors wouldn't look in his eyes they would look up at Jar Jar's eyes but like pretty much from the neck down like Jar Jar like there was a real Jar Jar there for like when they needed it or when they do whatever for reference I guess mm-hmm. but like yeah it's pretty much CJ over the top other than like I'll point out the couple of times where you see some hands and feet where you can tell it's like like it looks like latex rubber you can tell mm-hmm. it's him but it's like, yeah, like, I think it looks faker on this version because this is the wax face version, which makes the CGI look more waxier, which obviously this is low-res CGI compared to probably what they would do now, but it's like, overall, like, at least when I watch the Blu-ray, like, I still I still enjoy Jar Jar. He never looks, like, that out of place to me, personally. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, the way Jar Jar talks, which was obviously the butt of all the jokes in 1999, but... Looking back now, like, it was an odd choice, but it's, like, so distinctive and, like, weird that it's actually kind of fun and endearing now. And honestly, like, if you watch it with captions, like, it, you can understand what he's saying, and it's really not that bad, like, yeah. how he's talking. Like, it's, I think just initially, like, he seems hard to understand, so he just sounds goofy. Yeah. But, like, when you watch him with captions, you can see he's actually saying stuff. Like, he's yeah. not just, like... He says full sentences. Yeah, he's not just... talking jibber-jabber. He's saying real words. Yeah, he just... Instead of you or me, he either says Yusa or Misa, and then at the end, he kind of, like, wraps everything up saying okie-dokie or whatever. I have always loved those little, uh, machines they use in their mouth. Yeah, yeah, the little thing. It, it's cool because I mean, it makes sense of like that they would have it or whatever. I was thinking too when like uh, I don't know why I never thought it before, but how they were in that they got smoked out in that room. Like I was mm-hmm. surprised they didn't have something like that for the right smoke. Room. Well, when they released the the yeah the gas, they just held their breath. Yeah, you could see um, Qui Gon like took a deep breath. Yeah, like, they I both did. I didn't notice if uh, Obi Wan did, but yeah. I I was like, why didn't I was thinking to myself, why didn't they have one of those in that room? <laughs> but you know, like, I mean, because you could sit there and do it all day. But I mean, I'm not even just talking about Star Wars, you know, modern Star Wars. I'm talking about modern science fiction in general. Mm-hmm. We keep getting the same shit over and over, and like already in this, you know, movie, we saw a brand new ship we never seen before, brand new aliens, brand new robots. Mm-hmm. We've seen a brand new planet Naboo. We've seen now this underwater city that the Gungans live in. Like, there is just a lot. Like, whether you like it or not, like, you know, that's a different story. But just in terms of, like, giving credit where credit due in uh, terms of uh, pure imagination, like, this movie blows me. Like, I think that's why I still like it so much, honestly. It's, like, it's so much more imaginative. That's George Lucas, though. Like, yeah. He's really adventurous, and he wants his characters to go on adventures, and it, that's the hard thing about trying to continue the series without him. It's just that you need his touch if you want all these like new ideas. You know, like nobody is like him. <laughs> so well, yeah, like... I mean, he he did say in that interview. I can't remember if it was with Charlie Rose or who. Like after Force Awakens, he came out. He said, "Yeah, they had to get rid of me." He's like. Because, you know, they wanted to make a nostalgic movie. He's like, if I do a new one, like, I want to do all new planets, all new ships, whatever. And they they weren't... I mean, it's just true. They weren't interested in that. And they haven't done anything really new like that since. But um, that's why all the Mandalorian takes place on... on, Like, half of it takes place on Tatooine all the time. But, um, 
Yeah, I just miss it. I just want to see some new stuff. And uh... but I mean, you could still do like a thing where, and I mean, I think Favreau and Filoni do well within and having the characters go around to different places. But I'm, you could still have a nostalgic product, but still have them go to different places. You know, it's yeah. like it's. I mean. It's just a matter. It's just the idea that nobody is like George Lucas. It's like, you know, yeah. it's like they're just not going to do things like him. I mean, they're Favreau and Filoni do. I'd say probably the best at trying to do George oh, yeah. Lucas style stuff. But you know, you're just not gonna. You're not gonna get this. You know, you're not yeah. gonna get the, the awesomeness of. Like, look at how much details and all the stuff in the background. Like those I little know. ball, the bubble things. Like. Oh yeah, I love the bubbles. Look at that thing behind his head. What is that? I don't know, but it's got a lot of detail and texture to it. (laughs) It's just like, there's, it's, I don't know, just he's the only one that can do it. Yeah, I love that this whole, um, underwater city, like, it almost, like, has, like, a, like, jellyfish quality to it. Like, the air bubbles they go into and everything's, like, translucent. Just really cool. Look at how much detail's in that. Like, it's just... Yeah, I like this little, like, stingray type, uh... Boat or whatever, yeah, submarine. I like thing. the little things coming out of the boat. Yeah, because yeah. I like it. Like yeah, like the little flipper things come off the end. Like yeah. like every everything is kind of like you can't tell if it's machinery or if it's like part of its natural, or like or organic. Part of its fish. Yeah, <laughs> like everything plants. looks like it's made out of fish bones or something. Like, like it kind of looks cool. like seaweed. Yeah, that's what that's what I was thinking. Seaweed. Yeah. yeah. And here we have, it happens a couple times here, but their boat almost gets swallowed up by a giant fish, but then an even more giant dinosaur fish. Always a bigger fish. Always a bigger fish. (laughs) But it's funny, though, because it happens to them, like, twice on the same boat ride. Like, I noticed that this time, because for some reason in my memory, I just thought it happened once, but when we watch it, like, it happens again. This little one, and then the big one. Well, the big one doesn't even try to get them. No, the the big one just wants the medium-sized fish or whatever. Yeah, that boat is like nothing to the big fish. But I like this one because it's almost like a Godzilla or something. Like, it looks like it has more, like, arms and legs. Yeah. Giant uh, <laughs> creature. I remember this shot looking so cool in the theater. I mean, you got to see how big it was. I like how he rips the fish in hand and just throws the rest of the body like, away. It's just like floating. But like this, these are all models. Like the big ship's all models. And like, you know, especially even with parts uh, two and three of the, the prequel trilogy, people say, oh, it's just all CGI green. So, and like it did get a lot of CGI characters and backgrounds. But um, there's a lot of uh, practical effects throughout the entire prequel trilogy. And, like, this one especially has probably more than the other ones, but still, even uh, episodes two and three. I like that, like, little class of robots. <laughs> like, it looks like a school, like school trip. Yeah, they're, like, little metal, like, E.T. head-looking things. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I do... I never saw that. I do like the Nemoidians, and a lot of people give them shit about those aliens. They think they're lame. But, like, I like them because, like, you see in the beginning, like, when they talk to Lord Sidious on the, um the the hologram and shit you you can tell that the like especially the one is like he's always regretful like oh we shouldn't have done this like we overstepped our bounds but obviously like they they're totally being manipulated by the dark side of Lord Sidious uh, appealing to their greed or whatever but uh, I like that too that like you know obviously Lord Sidious is complete evil but as villains than the Mordians like they're always just kind of like 
you know, been played for fools, and, like, they're not necessarily evil, but they've gone too far. Sounds cool, like, glowing. Yeah. Yeah, there's... I think I said this, too, the last time we watched it, but, like, we've... Well, I mean, me, personally, I've seen it tons of times, I and mean, you've seen it way more than I have, these movies, but... It's like, I feel like every time we watch it, I see something new, because there's just yeah. so much to see. Like, it's so crazy. Oh, and then it happened again. Another bigger fish. <laughs> you know what's funny, though? I, I gotta say this. I gotta get this dig in. As primitive as <laughs> all this CGI is that we're seeing, and it's obvious CGI. I mean, I, I won't kid that. But it's like, this is still better looking than what's in Marvel movies now. <laughs> I don't know. Not on the streaming version. Well, yeah, because it's trash. But, I mean... Even then, like, this just has more of a, I don't know. It's like, how can you not want to live? Look at those giant statues. Or something. Look at this. Oh, my I know. God. This is amazing. The shot of the queen looking out the window. Yeah. yeah. I like how that dress had those little round uh, orange. Uh, it kind of reminded me of the Gungan City, how their lights were. Yeah. Well, they are partnered with them. Yeah. Yeah, I love everything, the tanks and everything that the army had, the droid army has. Look at that. Oh my gosh. How could you not want to live there? <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't exist, but like, yeah. No, I want it to exist. <laughs> I always like this shot, too, of like when they get out of the boat and see the other boat in the background. Like, it looks like a lagoon at like a theme park. It exists in Italy. Yeah. We need to live there. <laughs> like that, that little moat or lake they're in. <laughs> Yeah, the first appearance of the fake queen. So talk about the whole fake queen, because I don't think a lot of people really, like, caught, you know, catch on to this. So, like, Natalie Portman, and again, this was chalked up to just shitty acting and shitty directing by George Lucas' part at the time. But, um... Okay. But, uh, the, the queen always talks in a flat voice like this. And the reason is, is, like, she has, like, a lot of doubles and stuff. So it's, like, it's it's much harder to replicate somebody's like actual voice so like yeah so the doubles that double for her you know keep her out of danger you know it's just a lot of kings and queens always have doubles that go around and you know distract and you know if there's assassination attempt they don't want the real king or queen to get killed so like that's what it's all about and uh, i think that's actually a cool touch because like you, i mean we know historically that's something that's been done but you don't really see it like portrayed in a lot of movies so what are you saying you should be acting and directing in georgia's part the the way she always talks flat is the queen. I don't think that's. I mean, I, I don't know. I no, think I mean that's what people said. No. You know, I'm I'm not I saying, you were that. saying that. No, like I think it's awesome. Yeah, I, I like how she says. I like, it. I like how she's like the one part she was like, I won't discuss this in a committee. Like, yeah. there's just so many classic lines. <laughs> I know. But even then again, I guess everything's classic when you watch a movie like thirty times <laughs> and you just like it all. Yeah. Yeah, and like <laughs> like I said before we started it that. Amidala is my spirit animal. Because <laughs> yeah. I think it's just because she's so serious as that character that it just I just relate to her because I'm just like, I'm like no nonsense, keeping it real. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's it's kind of funny though. I, I think the CGI is really good on the droids while they're in the city. I don't know what it is about that environment or the lighting. Um, like when they're out on the, on the green plains because the hills and everything are CGI, I think they come off as a little more cartoony looking there. But yeah, like all these scenes in the hangar and out on the city streets, like I thought the droids looked really good. Like that to me, that's really impressive CGI even for now. Mm-hmm. But like, see these like close up of these faces, like don't like their uh, faces look waxy and blurry to you. 
Like, I mean, to me, a, a Blu-ray looks sharper than this. Like, I, like how, I like how she talks like, we are brave, your highness. I like that. Yeah. They're talking as one. Yeah, yeah. She she has all her little handmaidens, and one of the handmaidens is actually the real queen in disguise, <laughs> which is cool. But I guess we should say um, the 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 handmaiden or whatever they're called portraying the queen here is actually a young Kira Knightley, yeah. who like you wouldn't think of, like if you, you wouldn't think like really that Natalie Portman and Kira Knightley look a lot just as people, but once you put the queen makeup on them, like they they are a good double for each other. I don't know, because I feel like it's so obvious that's funny. <laughs> so a lot of people say that the droids are anna- annoying, the Roger Roger battle droids. W- what's your take on them? Because I, I fell in love with them, and I bought all the figures. They would, they would like, it was always the same figure, but they would repaint them and put scars and stuff on them. Mm-hmm. So I own probably ten of those somewhere in a box. What are your take on them? Like, the design of them, how they act? Like, what do I you think know. about them? I have nothing negative to say about anything George Lucas Star Wars. So, yeah. I don't know. Like, I think they're fun. Like, they're funny with, like, on some parts. Like, you know, they're just made to be henchmen. It's like, it's they do their job. Like Mindless, yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, sometimes it doesn't seem like they're mindless. Oh, here it comes. The big, uh, mm-hmm. the big debut of my boy. Now, which one is R2, though? Because he's got a twin brother there. Yeah, in that shot, there's there's two that are yeah, colored exactly like R2. But, yeah, I mean, I don't... Uh, sometimes I feel like they do give them a little bit too much of brains yeah. on some parts because it seems like they can think. <laughs> so, I don't know, but... I don't know. I don't have a problem with them. Like, that well, I'm fine with them. Yeah, the, what I always thought was cool, too, was depending on the oh, paint job that, that they have, like, some of them are di- have different jobs. Like, some of them are commanders and some of them are whatever. It looked like other one's head was white and blue and his is silver and blue okay. oh dang he just got blown away yeah that one got blown there goes away. his twin <laughs> so i thought that was cool too that the droids like kind of magnetically can stick to the ship and yeah. they roll out to repair everything yeah this is okay so i was trying to start this on our other podcast but this is the very first time well obviously starting from episode one where R2-D2 saves everybody. Yeah. R2-D2 is the hero of the entire saga, and nobody gives him <laughs> gives him the the acknowledgement of being the hero of saving every movie. Well, if, if you count the entire saga being episodes one through six, yes. That's what I'm saying, George Lucas Star Wars. Yeah, George Lucas Star Wars, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, you're right. He saves in every movie. He saves the day in every He's the real hero of the entire saga. <laughs> yeah, he rerouted the cables there to get him working so they could this jump is the to first one of hyperspace, <laughs> hyperspeed. He saves the day, and then he gets rewarded with a bath. <laughs> yeah. So, so what about the the bad guys here, the Nemordians? Like, I I keep blowing them, but like, what do you think about them and like their relationship with the? Palpatine here. I can't I can't get that stupid thing out of my head ever since you brought it up about people getting offended about their like that probably sounds so Asian or whatever. Yeah, so this wasn't a at least that not that I know of unless oh, they're look at this. <laughs> Yeah. This is the first time we see Darth Maul in the hologram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now they, they claim that the Nemordians were um Asian stereotypes, like but I mean I mean I hear it but I, I don't, I mean, I don't think they're acting like, ba- like, 
to make Asian people look bad. They're just like yeah, that's just how they talk. Well, like, there's a thing with Watto too, where they claim he was um, he had a I think a Yiddish accent. But I'm kind of like when oh, you're yeah. when you're making like one of these movies and like they always they like they made up a fake language for Greedo in A New Hope, but they they based it on I think like some um, I can't remember if it was like Mandarin or they based it on some Chinese dialect di- di- sorry dialects. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I mean, it's just like there's only so many accents you can come up for aliens and stuff. And like, look, he's even making fake Padme. Fake on a dollar smile. He I can't know. Help it. He makes you fall in love with him. <laughs> now, this is one thing that I always thought was interesting, and I never really like thought about it until like we see R two here and how they have to clean him up because he was out in space. Mm-hmm. But like you know, the ships always have like that black like grime on them. Yeah. It's like the carbon scarring or whatever. It's like I guess they get that from being out in space. Like I want, like I mean, I'm assuming that's based on something real, but I don't know. But like, yeah, he basically got all dirty just from being out in space a couple, a couple minutes or whatever. Yeah, I kind of took it because of the way things were getting blown up. Like he just got the soot from whatever was getting mm. blown up. That could be kind of thing. Like he he got what was coming off the explosions. Mm. Because I think I think they are called astromech droids. Yeah. But right too. Yeah. <laughs> She's so uh, amused by Terry yeah. Fire. You never know the future movies that could bring back R two uh, ten feet tall with arms and legs like that, Boo. like they've been doing. Boo. I don't want anybody to change my R two. I really like the queen ship yeah. here. It's uh, clearly based on a. It's like an all silver, but it's clearly based on like a SR seven one Blackbird plane, which was a plane I really loved as a kid. I had the GI Joe Cobra SR seven one Blackbird. But that's like one of the things that like. All the spacecraft type things in this movie is one of the things that I feel separates it from the second part of the saga. Like, just the way everything looks, and it's one of the things I really like. It's just that sleek, kind of modern look. Like, I think that looks cool. Like, <laughs> well, I thought it was interesting, too. Like, George Lucas's philosophy was this be- This was supposed to be a more prosperous time in yeah. the galaxy. It, was it makes before- sense. Before the war came and like yeah. started, because you know how like in America, during World War Two, everything got shortaged out and then everything you just had to keep reusing. Yeah. Yeah. The Desert Sun was not kind to uh, Liam Neeson's mesh weave in those shots. <laughs> yeah, like I never noticed that before until watching this version. Like, uh, yeah, honestly, I always notice it. Like even in the theater. Look like, at that giant thing back there. Yeah. This is like Bantha. a special, yeah, that's a Banther, like a special edition. Then uh, look at that tall ass guy walking back there. There's like these little alien babies back there too. I always wonder what they were. Oh yeah, they all have like shark heads. Yeah, they're like blue shark <laughs> They're heads. funny how they're walking. I like how there's like this C-3PO waddling down like the street. <laughs> like he's like injured. He's like broken. Yeah. There's like Luke Speeder except it's painted green mm-hmm. it looks like. There's a giant dewback walking around. I can't remember what city they said this is supposed to be. And then there's just a normal looking guy. That's most of us. <laughs> yeah. There's always like some normal looking guys. Tatooine. In. Or Tatooine is a planet. Well, yeah, it's a planet. But the city, I don't know. Because I know they go to Mos Eisley Space Station to meet Han Solo and Chewbacca. But I'm not sure what city this is. 
Here he comes. Oh, the little, the littlest actor in Star Wars. The superstar. So before we talk about Jake Lloyd, I guess we got to talk about the decision to make uh, Anakin nine years old, which which apparently a lot of people try to talk George out of, uh, but he always wanted to start with Anakin like as a boy in uh, the Phantom Menace, not as like the main character setting out on an adventure. Looks like C three PO's body is back there. Uh, what do you What do you think? Um, like just about the concept, or like if you can remember back to the first time you saw this movie. What did you think about meeting Anakin for the first time ever as a little boy? Well, I kind of it's kind of hard for me to like think of it in that way because I'm one of those people who got to watch the Star Wars saga episode 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 in that order. Yeah. So, I didn't, I wasn't introduced to the series with episode 4 and Darth Vader. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I mean, I knew who Darth Vader was before I watched any of the Star Wars movies, but I didn't get into Star Wars until all of them had been released already. So... Honestly, the first time I watched them all the way through was when episode 3 came out. And then I watched the other ones <laughs> after right. that. So, like, I mean, my introduction to the character Anakin is this little boy. Yeah. I didn't know that he was going to become Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I thought Anakin was a separate character. I didn't like. I knew who Darth Vader was before I watched any Star Wars movies. Yeah. But I didn't know that Anakin was gonna become Darth Vader. Right. Until <laughs> Episode Three, really. Like. Yeah. So I could I could see that if you didn't really know the previous movies. Yeah. Until like they showed him getting the the mask. <laughs> put onto his faces and the, the, you know, the costume. It was when I realized, like, oh, shit. Like, so I got to have that experience of seeing this little boy become Darth Vader. Like, that's my initial experience. Like, so it's perfectly fine and normal to me to see him initially as a little boy because that's just the story to me. That's just how it always was, you know? I, I can't imagine what it must be like like for somebody like you who saw the second half first yeah and then maybe that's why everybody hates it because they just wanted more Darth Vader I don't know like, that, not, obviously you know people have a lot of different complaints about this movie and other ones but that was the number one thing was that people just wanted to see a Darth Vader trilogy yeah. of like Darth Vader doing cool stuff and slicing people up and, yeah um Oh, look at his beard. Yeah, his beard. Wado's beard is nasty. I just saw that. So, like, yeah, like... I love Anakin. Like, even now, when I... Every, anytime we see... Like, when I have the, the movies on, you know, on TV, whenever they're on during the marathons, mm-hmm. I always refer to Darth Vader as Anakin. <laughs> like, yeah. I still don't really refer to him as Darth Vader because I'm like, oh, it's Anakin. And it's just... Because I still, I guess it's because the way I was introduced to the series, like, to me, that's Anakin inside, so it's just Anakin. It's not yeah. Darth Vader. Like, I know he's called that and all that, but 
I grew to love Anakin so much that, like, to me, I just feel like that's just who he always is. This shopkeeper alien <laughs> monster lady here, I swear... <laughs> There's, there's like a nasty vampire creature from Dust of Dawn. If you ever watch that movie, look in the background running around. Like the one that like eats people with her stomach. I swear it looks just like that alien in the head. This dude is so gross to me. Yeah, I love Sabalba. He Sabal- grosses me out how he does everything with his feet. Ugh. Oh yeah, his feet and his hands are pretty much the same thing. But like, yeah, Sabalba was one of my favorite characters when this movie came out. I actually, I didn't get the Anakin pod racer, but I, I got the Sabalba pod racer and came with the little Sabalba figure. But it's like, again, it's just like, this movie was introducing so much uh, new Star Wars to me, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I've never disliked this movie, so I was never one of those people. I know this movie had a weird thing where at first everybody was so hyped and convinced themselves supposedly they liked it but then they turned on it and said no it was actually always garbage and we just realized it later but I always liked this movie like I I would say I liked it a lot you know but the more like I saw it and like we would go back and like we would like sneak in and like watch bits and pieces of it that did like Alice Cooper at the table it did yeah yeah, Alice Cooper makeup (laughs) on but I had a I had a Star Wars cake that had like one of those de- that, that that year for my birthday I had one of those decals. Mm-hmm. You know how they put those decals, yeah. and it had the one of Obi Wan and Qui Gon like fighting the lightsabers and like the ha- I think they were fighting Darth Maul in the hangar. Mm-hmm. And like yeah, like I I remember we would just go in and like after we saw whatever movie you know we saw we would go in and like watch the rest of this again. And like one time I like I totally watched like the whole second half again. I don't think I went and... I could be wrong. I don't think I went and, like, rewatched it, like, the whole thing all the way through again in theaters. But, like, yeah, like, I just... I don't know. It's weird. It's, like... I guess I'm just lucky that I always liked this movie. And, like... I even like Jake Lloyd in it. Oh, sped up R2. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. A lot of people thought he was a bad child actor. And, obviously, there's, like, all those screen tests you can watch of all the other kids. And everybody says the other kids were better. And I just don't... See, I like, think he's pretty good, Jake Lloyd. I don't. I, don't I have feel a like he's good at making you feel like sympathetic. It's him. it's one of those things. If I compare him to other child actors in other movies, like like if you compare him to, I guess like Macaulay Culkin at Home Alone, then I'm like, oh yeah, he sucks or whatever. But as far as just, I don't think he's like one of the greatest child actors I've ever seen. I think he's competent. I think he's good. I think he does whatever. But to me, it's just this weird thing. He's just Anakin. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't really care about how good or not. Like, to me, that's Anakin right there. I don't really see anything, like, negative or bad about him. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Well, I know the thing George Lucas said, the other kids were, like, two rehearsed actor kids. He didn't want a kid that seemed, that seemed like an actor. He yeah. wanted a kid. And Jake Lloyd does have this kind of delivery, like, where he's just rushing his lines out saying, oh, you know like when he's excited but I think it actually comes off as like actually more like naturalistic so I don't I don't have a problem yeah, with his like performance at all I feel like that's just his character yeah and I like this to, is the introduction of the best friend yep this one 3PO or two, th- now this was, this was kind of like the first criticism <laughs> I've heard of this movie like right when it came out this was the first thing people were buzzing about negatively was that you know, the universe was becoming too small. 
that like it's so corny and coincidental that Darth Vader as a kid would make C-3PO and even I was kind of like that is kind of stretching a little bit but it wasn't anything that really bothered me like what do you think about like tying together the story that closely I mean he's it's I mean obviously you don't learn it till later but you eventually learn that he's got Jedi qualities so I mean it makes sense that he'd be skilled in it in, yeah. in making like robots and stuff and it's like I mean, R2 helped Amidala's ship, so she has him with her, and, I mean, Anakin made C-3PO. Like, I don't know, like, I feel like there's just so much, like, weird-ass criticism about these movies that I'm just like, why is everybody so critical about everything? Like, it's just so weird. It's like, to me, I see it, like, happy, like, oh, look how cool, this is how it came together, you know, yeah. like, I'm not like, this is stupid, how did this come together, <laughs> like, it's just, I don't get it, like, I don't, I just, with these things, I just love everything, because it's fun, and it's, it makes sense, like, now you understand why R2 and C-3PO were in the second half of the saga, like, yeah, it's and just, and they were always it's like based on uh, Kurosawa's I think Ujimbo where there's two like he was kind looking of, at Anakin was looking at Jar Jar like Ugh. I know <laughs> that was funny but like R two and three PO are supposed to be like the observers of the story all the way through so it, in a way like if if you're looking at that approach it does make sense that they would be in the story somehow from the beginning you know yeah like I don't know like I just. They made it make sense. Like like I said, R2 saved Amidala's ship. Now Amidala, or Padme, as she's known in this scene, is there with them, you know, and she's trying to, like, get the lay of the land as queen. You know, it's just like, so R2's with her, and then he made C3. Like, I don't know. Like, it just, there's nothing that doesn't, that's, like, ridiculous about that storyline to me. Like, it just doesn't, I don't know. I just... Like I said, I'm like I'm really freaking biased about these movies that I just love them and I don't. Yeah. There's nothing that really. Like every once in a while, depending on my mood when we're watching them, like sometimes Jar Jar annoys me and I'm just like, oh god, he's so fucking clumsy. <laughs> like it, it yeah. does annoy me. But then there's other. Most of the time when I watch it, I'm just I, I feel like not sorry for him, but, like. In his clumsiness, he still manages to help. <laughs> you yeah. know, so it's like I don't always feel annoyed by him. But that, if I ever have any negative feelings about anything about Star Wars, that's it. Like that's the most that I ever feel, and that's not even every time we watch it. Yeah, so. there's there's a lame moment coming up. There's like some animal farts. I'm like, I don't really like that. That's like the well, one. They did the poop thing earlier too, but the one criticism that I'm just like, we don't still need to see. Like, you just, yeah, the stepping in the poop is bad, but then the animal farting is just like we don't need this in Star Wars. It's crazy. Like, yeah. it's like. But, like, I understand he was trying to hook in the kids with this. But there was, like, that little quick scene of uh, Darth Sidious and Darth Maul talking. I always love that scene where they're talking about, you know, at last we'll have our revenge against the Jedi and stuff. Like, the, like I don't know, Darth Maul's on the screen for about, like, five minutes of this yeah. movie. But it's so awesome every yeah. time he's in it. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of, like, why I dread, like, that they're just going to keep bringing him back up and bringing him back to life and all the... 
the newer things. Well, I see, like, that scene where he's like, oh, the mama. Like, how could you not be like, oh, man, he really wants to do the Padres? Like, yeah. I, I don't think he, he Like, even though he doesn't know them, he just wants to help them, even though he's I a little kid. I just don't. Look at it. Oh, like, he looks so yeah. distressed, like, watching it without sound, you know? It's just like, I don't know. I... I buy what he's selling me. Oh. Well, also, too, this is a very, like, pop movie. Like, popcorn, pop culture movie. Like, the, like you know, Jar Jar's there. Like, this is the most comic relief that's ever been in Star Wars with Jar Jar and that ever again. And it's like, Jar Jar fits this movie. Like, I know people were really annoyed with him, didn't like him. But, like, Jar Jar fits this movie. He didn't fit the other movies, and, like, George Lucas can be stubborn, yeah. and people go, see, we all complain about Jar Jar, and then he took Jar Jar out. But it's like, no, like, Jar Jar is, like, in, in the couple, just a few little scenes in the rest of the trilogy, but it's like, you know, this this story was all about Naboo, he's from Naboo, they needed his help, he was, like, the bridge between the Queen's people and the, and the Gungans, like, mm-hmm. he fit, he, he was part of this story, like... And, and, you know, the, the story gets much darker, starts getting much darker in episode two. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you really don't need or want that Jar Jar comic relief in parts two and three, you know. So yeah. I think it's good. Like, I like Jar Jar. I would like to see him again in some way eventually. But, like, yeah, he's he's good being in this movie. And, I mean, it, it, it makes sense that it'd be a little bit more lighthearted because they did, for one, they did want want it to be for kids. And, like, two, like, it's about a kid. Like, yeah. it's not going to be all dark yet, you know? Like, nothing has happened yet to turn him to the dark side. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, this is the time where we get introduced to him and see why he was training with the Jedi in the first place. Like, why, like what made him special, you know? Like, yeah. why he was the one, quote-unquote, you know, that was going to bring balance and all that. Like, and I mean, I don't... I guess that story about the one who's going to bring balance, I guess that kind of gets introduced in this one, right? Like, they don't really talk about that. Well, they, yeah, they kind of talk about the prophecy in this and, like... But then Qui-Gon thinks he's the one, and then, like, Yoda and Wastewind are like, no, it's not him, you're wrong, it can't be him, whatever. Like, that only, that story only exists in the first half of the saga, right? Like, they never talk about that in the second half, huh? Um, trying to think. I don't, because, I mean, there's only... Yeah, I I think you're right, I think you're right, I think all that story... Because there's no reason for them to bring it up in that one. Yeah, because at, at that point, they 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 knew they were all wrong, yeah. you know? And, like, because that's, that's why Obi-Wan in Part 3 says, um, I forget exactly the words, but he said, you, you know, you were supposed to whatever, yeah. not destroy us. But, like, yeah, like, like you're pretty much, the, the, they're going off of the chosen one type prophecy in this, you know? Yeah. I, to me, like, what I think is cool about his story is that they do the whole, um, like, magical birth thing. It just... Yeah. It's so Catholic to me, and I love it. <laughs> like, I, it's so Virgin Mary to me, and I love it. <laughs> ironically, I like, I think people kind of scoffed at the, the miraculous know, birth. Yeah. But I think it, people were really upset about those midi-chloridians in his blood. Immaculate like, conception. 
that's what I was trying to People think. didn't care about that cause, as much because it was magical, but the fact that you could take a blood test yeah. to tell you how how much uh, midi-chlorian cells or whatever yeah. were in your cells, um, that really, I know for a fact, that I, really, I remember people complaining. But like, to about me, that. that's just kind of another thing of like, that they were, that's just the technological advancement of that time. I mean, to me, it's it, it doesn't change it because they're like, oh, like you're gonna be like powerful in the force because you got these things in your cells. It's like, well, it's like people, like people, like not everybody feels the force or has any sort of command of the force in any sort of way, and like the people who are strong with it or are connected to it, like they don't even know it. Like like Luke was a good pilot at first before he ever knew the force existed. Mm. But he clearly was using the force because, like, they ex- like Qui Gon explains to Anakin, yeah. "Oh, you're such a good pilot because you can see thing. things yeah. before they happen." Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's like, I mean, I like even with like the newer movies, like with the crazy shit they have Poe Dameron do in the X wing. Like, I try to tell somebody, like, "Oh, yeah, clearly he doesn't know it, but Poe has some force to him too." And they're like, "No, no, no, he doesn't." And I'm like, "Dude, how can you? <laughs> Why not? How can you fly at 500 miles an hour?" And shoot a stormtrooper on the ground with like, yeah. is it like, dude, like, so yeah, see, there's like the rubber jar to see it. It's like the rubber hand there on the close up. Oh, I missed it. Yeah. But, um, I like it. I like the little shots where they can sneak in the middle of Jar Jar feet. He's okay hands. with those little things sticking out. It looked like a hand. Yeah, the little tool <laughs> R2 uses. But, like, yeah, like, I mean, it's just, like, not everybody, you know, has that. Like, I mean, I don't, I personally, like, don't really have a problem. I mean, it's really just a plot device for them to be able to, for Qui-Gon to be able to say for sure, like, oh, you know, he's he's got the force, he, should, he we should take him and train him. But, I mean, that's just one thing, like, the fact of how he was born, like, you know, it just... I don't know. He was literally created by the Force, so, I mean, it, it makes sense. That, I'm, like, know. down for, like, the whole... Like I said, the whole Virgin Mary and Baby Jesus story, and I love Christmas, even though I know that's mm. not when he was really born. But, like, I'm all about Baby Jesus and all that. So, to me, this is... I love that. I love the way he came about, you know? Like, yeah. I think it's really cool that they made it like that. And well, how he's it talking... It just makes it more special. Like, I don't know. Like, I just buy into everything that this movie is trying to tell me about this story, and I love it. Well, he was saying, too, like, earlier, he was saying, like, he had a dream that he became a Jedi Knight, and he came back, yeah. and he freed all the slaves. Because him and his, I don't think we really even acknowledge it, but him and his mom are slaves to Wado. They got to work in the junk shop or whatever. Yeah. And, um, I think that, like, maybe that was his true, like, destiny in life. Yeah. That, you know, because he, because he just wanted to help people or whatever. Special. like. Because the Jedi are like, oh, no emotional attachments. You can't go help your mom. You can't help any other slaves. We don't. We don't involve ourselves in that sort of thing. Like, I mean, obviously that's a big part of what helped them turn dark in Episode Two. See, like this, like it's just their technology that they have. Like he poked yeah. him with the thing, and now he stuck it in a razor, <laughs> and like. You know, now he can send the info to... I mean, it's just like now. It's like Wi-Fi. Like, I mean, I don't get why this idea of the midi chloridians is such like a... Oh, that, you know, why does that happen? Why is it... Is that stupid? You know, it's like... Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't think so much people saying it's stupid. They're just saying it robs it of all mystery or explaining it too much. And I'm just kind of like... I don't know, like, if, if... Well, then go watch episodes four through six and pretend like you never heard it. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I always, you know, I like the wars part of Star Wars, but people just like the star magic. They want it all to be just like fantasy fairy tales, and I'm just like, he explains to to Anakin that the midi chlorians are like, you know, tiny organisms that are inside all your cells. Like it's just like the glue that holds I mean, us all together. Magical. You know? It's yeah, not like yeah. he knows what they are. Yeah, I mean, no, <laughs> no, but it's not like he can give you a shot of them and make you have force powers. Yeah. You know? Here he comes. Yeah, I like Darth Maul with his little prose he sends Making up. Making his moves. See, there's like, even just stuff like this, or just him walking out of the ship Ugh. and sending out those things, like, it's so cool. <laughs> that transition from the dark to the light always makes my eyes blow out. Yeah. Because it's like, super... It's so bright compared to that dark scene. You know, which, by the way, like, because you weren't really following, like, this movie or whatever at the time... This pod race, you don't even understand how big pod racing was. There were so many <laughs> video games made about it. I played them, Star Wars Racer, <laughs> Star Wars Racer even. What do you think of Sobalba having, like, groupies back there that, like, tend to him? I mean, they're not really groupies, but they're, like, these women that, like, take care of him. Like his handmaidens. His sexy blue, uh, ladies, whatever. Ugh, she's They give him, like, nasty yeah, they give him, like, a manicure. So gross. Ugh. He grosses me out when I see him. I'm just like, oh my god. I can't yeah. stand looking at him. He does I love Look, she's massaging his back. Oh my god, so gross. Yeah, so what would remind me, like his face, <laughs> he reminds me of somehow like a catfish or something. You Those know what I love that's so consistent in these? That the fact that George never um, ignores that there's wings flapping. Yeah. So you see, like, you see his hair, like, blowing. Blowing from Watsu's wings, yeah. And then, like, when he went by Jar Jar, Jar Jar was like, ah, he put his arms up because his wings were just flapping in his face. Yeah. <laughs> there was another scene earlier, too, that I think, oh, here he's going to use his uh, Jedi magic. Yeah, I think it's funny, too, that uh, Wado is, like, he's uh, the kind of alien he is called a Toydarian. And he tells him, like, oh, your Jedi mind tricks won't work <laughs> on me. Because he was trying to fool him earlier. Yeah. There's a whole subplot about winning the race and Watto splitting the winnings with him so he can get the part he needs. Wow. But, like, yeah, like, he, he knows, like, I mean, he even knows that he tr- he tricked him right there because he had his, like, Watto was using, like, a, what do you call it, like, a trick dice where he knows how it's going to roll. <laughs> and then Quiron just uses the force to flip it over to get what he needs there. Now, what do we talk about? Three PO a little bit earlier. There's the uh, space camels there. We talk about three PO. What do you think about three PO like this puppet form? Because I thought it was like the coolest thing, and it's obviously just a puppet. I mean, you can tell it is, but like I thought it was so cool that you got to see the inside of him. I like it because I always like, like you know that exhibit that started going around like about the human body and like it shows people posing and like they have their skin off and you can yeah. see the insides. Well, before that existed, I used to always be like, oh, I wish we could see the inside of people, like, when, like, standing up and alive, but, like, see what it looks like through their skin, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I was always curious about that, and so, like, to me, that that was kind of like that with C-3PO. I was like, oh, like, that's cool. You could see how his insides work (laughs) when he's, like, walking around and stuff. I think it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I really... I, I I have the little action figure of that version of C-3PO. Really? They cool made looking. that? Yeah. Wow. They, they, I mean, especially for this one, they made a figure of pretty much everybody. Here's your favorite guys. 
Yeah, this is like another thing. I guess I gotta be critical about. I was like, I don't really like these announcer guys of the pod race. They're like, they're aliens or two. They're like a two-headed alien, obviously. Uh, honestly, some of the pod racing aliens in general, a lot of these little ones, are just like generic hokey aliens. But yeah, like I just the commentary, like I don't know, it was like too. It's not so much that it's too goofy. It's like too human for me. I don't know. It's like. It's like, hey, corny. He's so gross. Uh, I think it's because of the way his body is bent. Like, it just, yeah. like, weirds me out. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you can never tell what are his feet and what Dang. are his arms. Is it three, eight? Yeah. <laughs> well, you can see a lot of different... Yeah, so I looked it up. Like, this, this is... He looks like a reindeer. Too. Yeah, he does. This is most of... Which, by the way, all these aliens are in the pod racing yeah. game. You get... You can choose which one of these pods you want to drive, everything, you drive them around. I think you can upgrade the parts and do all that kind of crap between races. <laughs> I always just played as either Anakin or Sobalba, but you can't do these other ones. I love the pit crew droids. They're little, like, they have little cameras for eyes. And they're, they're always, like, doing hijinks on it. Like, everybody's pit crew droids are, because like, they're all over the hangar in the earlier scenes. I thought these crowd scenes were good, like, in terms of, like, you know, they had to do CGI, probably, to, uh, fill in the crowds. Um, I thought it actually looked good for how old this one. This was one of the thing, things I noticed for the first time the last time we watched it, that C-3PO was going out there with the flag. Yeah. And you could see, like, 3 pos like, whole body almost, except just yeah. his feet, so, like, mm-hmm. however they puppeted that or however they pulled that off was really cool. And the flag was, like, blowing hard, dude, like, yeah. so I don't know how they did that. Unless they really have, like, a guy in a costume. We talked a little bit about um, how Anakin was born, but we didn't talk too much about his mom, Shami Skywalker. What do you think of the character, Shami Skywalker? Because I really liked her, and it sucked that she, uh, you know, they had to leave her behind or whatever. I don't know. I like her. Like, I really don't, like, I don't know. Like, she's really a legit like background character to me I don't really I really don't have any kind of emotional connection with her um I think I just mostly feel Anakin's connection with her because then like obviously what happens later on in in the movie in other movies but like I'm just so like emotionally attached to Anakin that like yeah I only really think of her whenever he's, like, interacting with her or, like, feeling anything about her. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I don't... She's just kind of like a... There's, like, a literary term for it, but... I don't know. She's just kind of, like... I guess now on TV, she's just... Um, they have, like, a word, like, a thingamabob or whatever. Like, the thing that people chase after. Mm-hmm. I forget the word they all use now. Which, by the way, came from Josh Whedon. But, oh, the um, MacGuffin or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Like, I kind of feel she, like she's like that. Mm. She's the thing that, like, keeps him fired up. So it's like, I don't know. But I don't really, I've never really had a really emotional connection with her personally. I like her, and I like that they got, honestly, I always liked, I, I don't even know the actress's name. I haven't really. You <laughs> see, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying. Like, I me, mean, I don't know the lady, but I always liked her in the movie, because, like, I liked that they got a lady that seemed like a real mom. They didn't just get, like, some 27-year-old model or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she seemed like a lady that was, like, living a hard life on this terrible desert planet as a slave and everything. Yeah. And it, what I always liked about her and the way she portrayed it, 
um, she's, like, very willing because she knows, like, his life is, like, it's almost like She he, knows he's special. Well, she knows he's special, but she even tells Qui-Gon, like, he deserves better than a slave's life. Yeah. Like, she wants better for him, you know? Yeah. And, like, as much as she loves him, like, she's willing to let him go because she wants him to be free, you know? Yeah. And I always liked that about her character. Like, she, it's a very earnest portrayal. <laughs> But I liked it. I wonder what happened to that little boy, his friend. I don't know, because, like, he, he... I could have only seen that little boy in this movie. Really? Here's Jabba. I like this version of Jabba. I have the, I have the toy of it. <laughs> but um, it's pretty much the same version of him that's in the special edition oh. of A New Hope. It's kind of younger, greener Jabba. He hasn't turned all, like, brown yet. He's, like, tan and green, whereas in Turn of Jabba, he's, like, tan and brown. Oh, no. But, yeah, I'm like... So the, <laughs> the little boy that plays his friend is, like, so familiar. But there's Warwick Davis in two roles. He plays the tiny Rodian alien, and then he just plays, like, a little, I don't know, what do you call it, just henchman guy or, or hanger-on guy of Jabba the Hutt as a human. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> he is so stinking cute in this scene. Oh, my gosh, I love it. He's so cute. <laughs> I always love those shots of him with the little goggles and the helmet. <laughs> He's so cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I love his little goggle get-up thing. Yeah. It's so cool. Like, this is so <laughs> iconic. Like, a lot of the Pepsi tie-ins, like, they did a whole yeah. Pepsi can line-in of all the different things. And, like, yeah. they would always show Anakin with the goggles on and on the soda can. I think yeah. it's a Pepsi can. It's so, I don't know. There's What's-Her-Name, Mara Singh, who becomes, like, a bounty hunter. Like, the cartoon and she uh adopts Boba Fett for a little while but yeah like a lot of this is like all models and stuff like I just think this work here is great like it's more it's mostly more practical than the CGI but I, I think this is a great sequence like the um the racers are models I mean the racers I don't know about but like the the background and the scenery a lot of it is like especially like like, I know the stadium is real. They just had a CGI in the people. But, like, yeah, like, a lot of the, like, canyons and stuff. Um, oh, oh, Tuscan Raiders. Like, that's so, this was so cool. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It's but like, like a video game. Yeah, like, the fan service they do now, just having stuff pop up. But just seeing the Tuscan Raiders <laughs> pop They're up so out. Happy. Yeah, out of nowhere. But, like, of course, the Tuscan Raiders, just for fun, are going to oh, go no. shoot their rifles at the pod racers. Oh, but I, another thing, too, is, like, I love the whole concept of the pods, like, how volatile they are. Like, sometimes they don't even work, or they yeah. can easily blow up, and pretty much, like, three-fourths of the people die in every pod race. So scary. Yeah, and, like, that's what makes it so cool that such a little kid is doing it. <laughs> like, I you know a lot of people didn't like it that Anakin was so young in this. Yeah, I love the, the pit droid oh. sucked into the engine. <laughs> and then he got spit But up. then he didn't get, like, chewed up. He just crawled up or <laughs> fell out. But, like, yeah, like, I don't know, like, yeah. I, just everything Anakin kind of does in this movie, like, I kind of like it more because it's, like... <laughs> the kid was talking to R2. <laughs> he was. But, like, I kind of like, you know, just, like, the pod race. Like, I, to me, it's actually cooler that he's not, like, a cool and brash 16-year-old, that he's actually just, like, a 9-year-old kid doing it, you know? And it's so cool, too, how, like, I mean, you don't realize it. I mean, I guess, yeah, you do, because the second half of the saga came out first. But 
Just how, like, in this, he can't, they're always like, Skywalker this, Skywalker that. It's like, the name is so, like, it's so cool to hear that name being used, like, for something so cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> when he was just a little boy before he was anybody, you know? Yeah. Before he became what he became. Before the name became what it became. Before it became the Skywalker saga, which it never was called that until they made a trilogy about somebody who wasn't a Skywalker. I like the two thing too that like the uh, the pods or whatever that are attached to the jet engines. I like how they're all just kind of like hanging off those ropes. Yeah, like getting pulled. It's weird. Like I didn't realize that they were all like that until like the one shot where they show all of them like before the race starts. I was like, oh yeah, yeah." like I never noticed that they're all like that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just so familiar with his. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he looks blindfolded. (laughs) Yeah, you're like a giant buzzer. This is like. This is dangerous, man. Like, this is hardcore for, like, a thing that's supposed to be for kids. Yeah. This was probably the coolest part of the 3D version that they did in the theater. A pod race. Oh, my God. But, yeah, like, where his his, uh, pod gets detached by one of the engines, and he was just, like, spinning around upside down. Well, it's because the Bulba took it out, right? Well, I think because Sebulba made the uh, other guy crash. It's that other party broke off. I think yeah. this got knocked off because the debris hit his cable. <laughs> but yeah, there's like another part that oh Sebulba straight broke off. Yeah, like, dude, go get it. Yeah, I love how... I, just even like the little shots of like his hands working in the compact. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so cool like seeing all the controls. and I, Like you actually see him do it. Like it's like hard That's to... That's how I feel like when I'm in my car now. Yeah, you're like... <laughs> And then you just go for it. When I touch the gas pedal and it goes, and it jumps forward. <laughs> yeah, his pod actually oh, got shot by the uh, the Tuscan Raider, too. So, yeah, so like. Now I'm I'm intrigued by it this time. <laughs> the, the race? Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> like, I, I had a. Started just watching it for a second there, but I like the uh, the whole spectator, like that thing that uh, that tower that Qui Gon and them are on. The how like they get on the ground and it raises up. They yeah. can see up high, like the whole race. I like how his bottom of his face gets all dirty. Which is kind of funny that everybody like watches the pod race, but they really can't see it. His like, face. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like know. they're just waiting for them to come back around, but well, that's like NASCAR, isn't it? Uh, I mean, NASCAR is a much smaller thing where like you can kind of see across the way, but like yeah, Whoa. like when I went to the, <laughs> the Indy Five Hundred, I was on the inside part looking at the track, so I just was waiting for them to come around. That's what I'm thinking of because it's a bigger. I thought it was a bigger track on that. Yeah. Which doesn't sound exciting, but it is. Especially <laughs> when they come roaring by. George asked, did he crash it? <laughs> Dang. Jawas. Well, even Jawas are watching this. I, I like those parts, too, where, like, they're up, like, Dang, higher up, and then, like, they drop down. Mm. Like, that's cool. There's an awesome part later on where Darth Maul... Yeah, there's that part that's above rook. There's an awesome part, oh too, God. where... Uh, Darth Maul is on his uh, speeder bike and drops down off a cliff. 
What was the name of that arcade game that was a driving game? Like Cruising USA or whatever? That's yeah, like, Cruising USA. That's what this reminds me of. Yeah, with I all, sucked at that game. With all the, <laughs> unless there was one I forgot about or something with all the... Uh, what do you call it? With all the uh, racer, Star Wars racer games, why they didn't make an arcade version? At the time, there was a Star Wars trilogy arcade game that was awesome. Uh, came out right before the prequels <laughs> did. So just like played the arcade. He's so funny. Oh. He's like, whoa. Yeah, I like this that little plug thing he does. I like that. Yeah, like I like all that power. little stuff where he's like pulling out stuff and flipping switches and being a badass. Like, oh, this is my yeah. machine. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, he built it. He's so cute. I like the coloring of like his pod too. Like, I like. Uh, Oh, the engines yeah, are yellow dude. and blue. Ooh, his face. And the pod is like silver and blue. Oh my gosh. You gotta be heartless to... Oh my god, to like talk shit Yeah, I, I can't uh, believe... I mean, what I was gonna say before, like especially like, the first 40 minutes of this like this movie, like there's so much adventure. Like I love that this one even more so some of the later ones. This one really does feel like a sci-fi adventure serial like this, this one more than the other ones really does feel like um, the homage to Flash Gordon. Oh, his his is so much smaller than some. Yeah, I was gonna say like so. Balba's like jet engines are so huge. Yeah. <laughs> that little boy. Yeah. I looked that boy up. <laughs> See if he reacted. Yeah, this is scary where him and Sabalba's uh, pods yeah. get like tangled with the man. It just looks like he's gonna get fried up. Yeah. Like, I like her in that she's, she doesn't treat him like a normal little boy. Yeah. Because she knows that he's not a normal little boy. Yeah. There he goes. I love, I love the shot of Sobaba. Whoa! <laughs> See, like, like, his pod was real there. You could tell they just animated him sitting in it. But yeah, it's a great shot. Yay! Yippee! That's nope. like, he was afraid he was going to hit him in the face or something. Yeah, he did. The little <laughs> started dancing. They actually reused that shot from earlier. Did they? When they were dancing, yeah. Like, they cut away before, like, right before that part that he... This is the best part where Anakin takes off his helmet and he's got that dirt, dirt mask. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, he looks like a skull. Like, his eyes are so white and around his face. Yeah. It looks so dirty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, he fell asleep. <laughs> Yeah, Bib Fortuna. Job was right here, man. This is, that was your first look at a young Bib Fortuna. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she ki- yeah, you think she would kiss him on the clean part of his face? Oh. I was always wishing in like oh the Mandalorian okay, or something. This is making me emotional. That they would <sighs> that they would have somebody like steal a pod racer and do something cool in a pod racer again. Oh. I don't know, it's making me like, now that you brought it up about how everybody disliked it, it's just, and then I'm like dreading you at, like bringing up, talking about him, the actor. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I mean, Jake Lloyd did <laughs> other movies, I mean, he did a movie, a Christmas movie, Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger, I mean, he did a lot of, I won't say a lot, but he, you know, he did a handful of movies around this time, but like. Yeah, pretty much because he took all the shit for being in Star Wars. 
But, you know, it's okay now, because we live in a kinder, gentler society where nobody would ever bully anybody. Oh, no, wait, no, we don't. It's, it's all the same. Yeah, but, I mean, that shit took a toll on him. Like, he's not okay yeah. now. And now, after all this time, you know? And it's just, like, all because of, like, basically the same way that people are today about actors. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like they sit there and they harass people, and it's like... A, we're just never gonna learn as a society. It's like, just like, why be like that? Like, I don't get it. Like, go get a life. Like, geez. yeah, it's it's kind of weird that like now people there's there's a new wave of articles coming out even today of crying crying about how poorly treated the more recent Star Wars actors are, and I'm like, okay, that's that's fine. I mean, we can hold people to be more civil. We should, but like, I don't really worry about like. A 25-year-old, like, I worry about somebody who's, like, nine years old getting bullied over shit, you know what I mean? Like, like he's finding out they're free, but not, she's free, but not her. Yeah, Qui-Gon did try to get them both freed, but Watto would only agree to let the the boy go, so. He's finding out he's gonna get to become a Jedi. It'd be awesome if, uh, Qui-Gon just, like, uh, Put on his lightsaber and slice Watto in half so he can both be free. But they they actually said it earlier that they have chips in them. If they try to run away and escape, that Watto can just blow their heads off. Yeah. And it's interesting that they never uh, bring that up later on about, like, trying to find it in him to, like, take it out or something well, they even said that uh, his mom said that Anakin was uh, working on a scanner to try and find their chips. Yeah. So they could take them out. Because it was saying, like, every slave has it somewhere in their body. Like, I guess they do it different spots or whatever. Oh, so this is the first time that he's realizing that she's, he's going to have to separate from his mom. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Because Qui-Gon already told him, like, he would take him or whatever, make him a Jedi, Ugh. but, you know, his mom's like, oh, it's your, it's your choice. So another reason why I really love this one is because I have, like, I don't know, all of my favorite characters derived out of this, really. Cause, like, I love Amidala, and Qui-Gon is my favorite Jedi out of all of them. Like, I just love him so much. <laughs> like... Yeah. So this one's, like, so heartbreaking for me, but it's like, I just love how he is. Like, he's tough, and he follows the Jedi way, but he still has his own mind. Yeah. The three... And he's so sympathetic. Like, ah. It's like, the three things I love the most about this movie the... is I love Qui-Gon, I love Darth Maul, and I love... I really love young Obi-Wan. And it's like two out of those three people don't survive this movie. But like, as much as I hated that at the time, like I hated seeing Darth Maul die, I hate seeing Qui-Gon die, because I was like, oh, they're such cool new characters, you know? Like, there's also something kind of pure about like, limiting that and moving on to where like the characters, because like, both those characters are so cool in this movie. Like, <laughs> I like this weird shot of like the point of view of C-3PO. Yeah. I think that's like a cool touch. I, I was like, gonna bring it up that that's like really the how he lo- he's do looking that. down at Anakin. But like I, I like kind of like that touch that like your favorite characters like won't be worn out and you you know and that's kind of like why I don't like this whole resurrection of Darth Maul and I'm just like 
I get it's just because nobody knew how popular he would be, but it's like, it was cooler when he got hacked in half by Obi-Wan. This is really like when you see uh, how much he's like so connected to her. Yeah, I think this is. I think, uh, I think actually his acting is really good in this scene too. And then she tells you what does your heart tell you? Oh my gosh! Yeah, he he's breaking down. He doesn't want to leave his mom. <laughs> you know. I love the thing where he's like, "Will I ever see you again?" And she says, "What does your heart tell you?" He says, "Yeah, you know." Even doing a podcast, I cannot cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's just, you just know what's going to happen. And it's just like hearing them say those things and just seeing them interact. And That was another criticism <sighs> of all the prequel things was like, well, you were never really that emotionally invested because you knew what was going to happen. I'm like, to me, that made it better. Like, that, that knowing. It makes it so much more tragic. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if you ever saw like the original teaser poster, but it was like him in like this little village walking and on the shadow of the wall was Darth Vader's shadow like that poster is so awesome but it's just like knowing how tragic it's gonna be it is awesome with Darth Maul's speeder bike he just flies off this cliff like it's so cool I know drops down (laughs) you're like oh shit it surprises me every time I mean obviously it's a special effect but like it looks like oh shit like it looks like he's gonna crash it looks like he really like dropped off yeah but like yeah like catches me every time here's your favorite part yep when he sees Darth Maul coming through and it can drop, and he just drops down, <laughs> and the speeder goes over him. Yeah, we get our first uh, yeah, one-on-one light, lightsaber. Fight. I like it too. Like when Qui Gon descri- uh, describes like the fight, like he describes he describes Darth Maul as like a creature or whatever. Like he doesn't <laughs> even like think of him as a person. Yeah. So supposedly George Lucas came up with the look of Darth Maul. Um, uh, based on a nightmare he had. Which is funny because, like, uh, Darth Maul is, like, he's so iconic, but it's really just face paint and some little glued-on horns. Like, I mean, just goes to show you don't have to do that much, you know, to create something cool. Hey, it's not face paint. That's the color of his face. Well, yeah, I'm just saying how they made it. Like, like you didn't need to, like, you know, like, they created, like, the ultimate bad guy, but, like... prosthetics. Yeah, it's just a guy in, like, probably only a couple hours worth of makeup in a robe, and it's just... But it, the character feels so what real. What are you gonna do about it? <laughs> yeah. Quiet guy's all sweaty. Everybody's gonna be friends. It's just weird because, like, oh my god, this yeah. is so hard to watch. See, like, I don't know, like, I, I get with some prequels they rob all the the mystery and backstory, oh or they explain god. too much. But to me, it's cool seeing uh, Anakin meet Obi Wan for the first time. This crawling chair thing too. Last time we Luke watched Gun. it, that was the first time I saw that too. Yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't even know he was on this crawling chair thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of like how they did Darth Maul's robot legs later in the cartoon. I totally never, never noticed. But even just these scenes of like the the alien guy talking to the robots, I don't know why, but I love this shit. <laughs> that looks cool. Nope. <laughs> See, like if you look at Jar Jar there, like his feet kind of look more real. Yeah, so. Padme's getting the um, broadcast of them 
of the politicians from their booth saying like, oh, they're they're killing everybody, they're killing us. You got to come back and surrender yourself because like basically they got to sign a treaty. Oh. Yeah, like see his feet there, like they look more real. You can see the pants are more leather. Oh yeah, it looks funny. Yeah, <laughs> but there you can tell his his head is CGI. He's cold in space, Anakin is. This is the first beginnings of love here. Because mm-hmm. when they first met, he thought Padme was an angel. Mm-hmm. And then he asked her, are your feet tired? Because you've been running through my mind all day. <laughs> he didn't say that, jeez. That's not what this is. He yet. gives her uh, the necklace here that he carved out of a Japur snippet. It'll bring her good fortune. I always thought this was weird though, where he's like, oh, I don't need this to remember you, whatever. Oh, she says that too. I'm curious if she ever wears it. I never noticed her wear it. Yeah, I don't know. Doesn't she wear it in, in Clone Wars? I think maybe in Clone Wars, but I don't remember like actually in the movies her wearing it. I thought it was like a bra- I thought she made like a bracelet out of it or something. Yeah, I, I know it shows up again somewhere, I thought. Yeah. Man, here they go to uh, Coruscant, which is where like all the, I guess you'd say intergalactic uh, government is. Again, we're going to get bogged down now for a good hour and a half with these governmental proceedings mm. that nobody can stand to uh, tolerate here. I always like this, too, because it's, like, I like how the movie doesn't, like, hoodwink you. Like, it's always obvious, like, who Palpatine really is. Because he just puts on the little hood when he talks to him, a hologram. Like, it's so obvious that it's, like, um, yeah, what's his name? Sheev Palpatine? <laughs> yeah, Palpatine is Darth Sidious. Like, it's always, it's always obvious, but it's cool that, like, nobody else knows. Here's the, uh, imposter. Yeah, I think it's Keira Knightley again. There's a good old Chancellor Valorum played by, uh, Terrence Stamp. Who, unfortunately, his figure from this movie became the biggest peg warmer, like, months later when all the Darth Maul... It was really hard to get Darth Maul. I never got the original Darth Maul figure that they put out. Um, you would just go and you would just be literally piles and piles of Chancellor Valorum. <laughs> And Egan was looking up. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah, he is funny. I like how he turns around and looks at him here. Yeah, I was always wondering, like, why he did... Why he, uh... And he gets, like, confused, like, Oh, where should I go? And, he, and Qui-Gon's like, No, go with them. I think because, like, he felt something. Like, they were talking about it. Or I That's what remember. I was wondering. Yeah. Like, what... Like, was that supposed to be, like, a sign of him? Uh, here's your guy. Yeah, I like this... I don't know what you call this little alien guy that drives this taxi <laughs> thing. But yeah, I kind of was wondering, like, did he, like, have some suspicions about something or something? Like, he was acting so strangely there. Yeah, like, you kind of, I like, I, I don't know, like, it's like he doesn't know who to go with. Does he go with the Jedi or does he go with the Queen? Like, I don't know if it's just, like, a logistic thing. Like, should I go with them or stay with you? Or, or it's like, or but he was, like, it's kind of like an unnatural moment, like you said. So it's like. You're kind of like, well, maybe like he did feel something there because he was standing right next to 
the fucking emperor, you know? Yeah. I like this. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Dang it. Oh. I think that's really her now as the queen. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Is that silver thing on her or in the background? I think it's on the back. I think it's the back. It's like the, the frame of the window. It looked like it was like part of her. Yeah. I guess we should talk about Ian McDermott here. Comes back to play Palpatine. Who uh, played the uh, Emperor in Return of the Jedi. And um, he was actually surprised when George Lucas called him. Because he's like, oh, it's been like, you know, whatever. 16 years since you know we worked mm-hmm. together or whatever is it he's like he's like i was just under all this makeup and like you know whatever he's like i didn't think you would like call me for such a big on-screen role and like george was like george was just like loyal like that he was like no he's like it's your role like i originally gave it to you and like you know you're gonna do it again and like yeah like i i mean i think just about anybody who watches this movie or these prequel movies even people don't like it as much i think Pretty much everybody universally gives uh, Ian McDermott uh, praise because it is a good, uh, good, good kind of complex portrayal. Like I like it. That was another thing too. Is like once they the the story kind of wrapped up. Like I just appreciated the whole rise of Palpatine story. Hmm. Now this is where we get the first time we ever see Jedi Council. We got Yoda, of course. Who, who this version we're watching, he's, he's, um... He's a young buck. Uh, he's a young buck, but he's CGI, <laughs> whereas when this movie came out in the theater, he was a puppet. Oh, really? And it was a ter- I, I have to say, it was a terrible-looking puppet. Like, it didn't even look like Yoda. Because there's also Yaddle over there, who's a female, uh, Yoda, whatever, person. And, this um, guy looks like he's from a horror movie. Yeah, with the long thing. Like Beetlejuice or something. Yeah. Over there's Kiati Mundi, who I always call penis head. He just has that big cone head. But, um, yeah, like, that was something uh, in between the theatrical and the Blu-ray. Like, just for the Blu-ray, I guess, they, they made new Yoda. Hmm. And I have to say, like, I like it because it, it, it fits continuity-wise with the way he looks in episode two and three. Hmm. Yeah, the original puppet was terrible. Like, I don't even know what they were thinking, why it was so bad. I think he'll execute on here. Yeah, he looks like the Yoda we know. But, um... <laughs> Samuel Jackson's like, ah, these fuckers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, I didn't know really what to uh, make of Samuel Jackson when I first saw it, like, this movie. I was like, why is he, like, acting so cool? I like this guy who calls me on his little walkie-talkie. Yeah, it's like some real Buck Rogers shit. <laughs> okay, so this is the original pop. I hate it. Even to this day, I hate it. This makes me sad how she doesn't break character just to say goodbye to him. So here, live on audio, here's the original Yoda puppet. Oh, gosh. It looks like Mark Hamill. <laughs> it's horrible. It doesn't even look like Yoda the way we know it. Like, it looks it's, like it's Mark very Hamill. ugly. It looks like some out of a horror movie. He was, he was so cute in, like, Empire Strikes Back. And, like, I don't know what they were thinking. Could he use that puppet? Yeah. 
Like, this is him in the, you know, the original movies. That looks nothing like the thing that they made. Let's talk about this board. How long is this scene? Like, 30 or 40 minutes? I mean, it's so boring that they're <laughs> taking the time to, uh... But no, the, the, the but action... But it's, it's so fun, because you see E.T. I know, you see all these aliens, and the... I thought the Galactic Senate was, like, cool-looking when they showed it, like, how they're on those hovering platforms. There's the Nemordians from... Not the evil Nemordians, but the ones from their planets or whatever. Um... Everybody always said Byleen was supposed to be in Star Wars, and I can't tell if this woman is Byleen or not, or if she's just some other lady. But, like, she's got real heavy makeup on us. It's hard to tell who she is. But, um... Here's your favorite part. Yeah. We got another 35 minutes of Galactic. But, uh... <laughs> no, it's just, like... Basically, all that's happening is that Palpatine, uh... Because, like, the Chancellor of Lorem basically runs the Senate or whatever... He's like, oh, we got to take months to um, investigate these claims, you know. We all got to talk about whether we want to come help your planet or not from these evil Nemordians and everybody. And she's like, people are dying now. Like, we can't wait for you to screw around, you know. And so, like, Palpatine puts it in her head, like, oh, he's not going to act fast enough. She looks so sad. Yeah, she does. Mm. Yeah. With some good face acting there. Mm. But, um... Basically, all like that's all this scene is. This whatever this is, two, two, two and a half minute scene, is uh, she just introduces the to the Senate like, okay, you're not going to do anything, so I'm going to vote for, uh, you know, uh, basically a poll of no confidence in you, and and if the rest of the Senate wants to get rid of you, you'll be replaced, mm -hmm. which they end up doing, you know, and uh, they end up, uh, I guess, Chancellor Lorne wasn't that popular. And of course, uh, they have sympathy for the planet, so they they get Palpatine to be the new chancellor. He gets all the power, and that's basically step one you know, of how he... You know, even when I saw this, even though I didn't know what was going to happen in part two and three, like, I knew... Yeah, there's the ETs down there. I, like, I knew that this was the beginning of his rise to the Emperor. So it's like, you're seeing the Emperor's first very little step into getting this power, but... Well, it you was see, too like, basically, like, the same thing he's doing to her is the same thing he did to Anakin. Exactly. Ugh, so first, gross. First he works... That. First he works her, then he works him, and then he basically, like, helps to kill her by putting all that fear and jealousy in Anakin's mind. But just the way he's, like, standing next to her, like, talking like a little fucking demon on her shoulder. So nasty. Yeah. Yeah, here's a scene of HDR gone wrong. This looks totally <laughs> wrong. You can't see anything. Here he is, getting tested. Yep. Poor baby, he's so scared. They basically do, like, the Ghostbusters test where they, they have a, a little monitor showing photos and or drawings, and he has to guess what's on there. Hmm. Yoda's like, Just Whoa. train him, Yoda, jeez. I think this is, like, the first time I feel like... I feel like it was the Jedi that kind of sparked the dark side in him. Because this whole conversation that's happening right now, his face starts to change. Yeah, like, everybody blames the Jedi because obviously they, he wasn't allowed to go save his mom. And then when he did kind of go do it on the down low, it was too late, obviously. But... I don't know, like, Palpatine really turned him, I mean, honestly. But I mean, look, like, see, he's like, oh, like, 
don't know. Like, I feel like uh, those words that he's saying to him, like, I feel like he's like, that was a spark. I don't know. I'm not saying they completely turned him. I'm just saying mm, yeah. that's the spark of, like, where it started coming in to him, of him getting rejected like that. Well, I think also, too, it was, like, the situation was, like, he was feeling the pressure. He's, like, this little kid auditioning, like, the greatest, like, against the greatest warriors in the galaxy. And it's, like, what's going to happen to him if they don't let him in? You know what I mean? Because he's technically too old. He's, supposed to be, he's, like, nine years old, I think, in this film. And you're supposed to, like, start training as a Jedi when you're, like, literally a baby. Because, like, basically you can't be old enough to have any emotional attachment to even your parents like yeah. that's how strict it is you know and like they can't take a wife it's just like basically you're like a monk i mean i get that it's just i mean if he's got those that high of a midi chlorian level it's like what is it midi chlorid i think it's midi chloridian yeah if he has, like, that high of a number of those, it's kind of like you kind of need to take him in. It doesn't matter how old he is. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you don't, like, what is he going to turn into, you know? Well, I think I think what they're worried about is they train him. He becomes a warrior. I know. And, but because he has emotional attachment, he could turn dark, which, I mean, kind of is what happens. But yeah. at the same time, it's it was a lot of the... I mean, I know a lot of people say, like, there's a lot of people that believe that it was 100% the Jedi rules that, you know, compromised them. But, I mean, it, it's also, too, the reason he went on a limb and switched sides was to try and save Padme. And that, that was all from Palpatine. That was, you know. Yeah. Padme was never really actually going to die until, like, pretty much it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because the only reason she really died was because she got choked or whatever. Uh, you see that little smile? Mm-hmm. Fuck that guy. He's awesome. I like this scene. Yeah, I like the way they, they tell Qui-Gon, no, we won't train him. And he's like, well, he's like, but what about the prophecy? He's like, what? I'm going to train him then. Yeah, he tells them. <laughs> there's there's Plukun over there, another one of my he favorite. He is the chosen Jedi. You must see it. Yeah. Clouded, this boy's future is, says Yoda. Well, it wouldn't be clouded if you would train him. It wouldn't be clouded if Qui-Gon didn't die and there wasn't this phantom menace going on. I take him on as my Padmon. Obi-Wan is ready for the trials. Yeah, yeah I'm ready. Obi-Wan's ready. Tell him. And Yoda tells him, our council will decide who's ready. I like the alien's head just bobbing in the background. He has much to learn of the living force. That's interesting. Qui-Gon just wants to bring balance to the force. Mm-hmm. You guys are too scared. Mm, see that look? Mm. Ooh, he's like, I hate you. I'm going to kill you someday. I always thought like that one shot at the back of Sam Jackson's head seemed like it was reflecting kind of the green screen light <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, like I I didn't really know how to take Samuel Jackson's base one doing this one because like he doesn't really do anything in this one. He's just always sitting in the room talking to Yoda. <laughs> but yeah, when you see him like 
get to fight in part two and everything in part three like you see how like badass of a Jedi Mace Windu is like yeah like I feel like he's pimping it in this one he's just chilling in the chair yeah he's like his arm up the side and everything he comes off as like too cool for school in this one because like you don't really get to see him like backing his shit up he's just acting acting like you know real badass or whatever or just real cool R2 looks clean there Mm mhm I like how he always calls him Qui-Gon, sir. <laughs> Park baby. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, everybody listening to this is already going to have their opinion about this movie, but I can't imagine people sitting in a theater with popcorn hating the shit out of this right now. Midi-chlorians. Oh, chlorians. I love chlorians. Yeah, midi-chlorians is the thing that ruins Star Wars. Microscopic life form that resolves within all living cells. <laughs> they live inside yourself. They're symbionts with them. Not symbiotes, symbionts. Life forms living together from each other. Mm. Man, it's exhausting when you when you uh, celebrate Star Wars anniversary past midnight, let me tell you. <laughs> I know. But, um,. That's why I kept trying to do this, like, earlier. But, um... <laughs> well, there's life to live, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I think Jar Jar looks weird, dude. He looks like he stopped motion or something. <laughs> I think we saw that outfit. Yeah. I, think I, I thought I remembered those, uh, long things. Yeah, they kind of look like, uh... What's her name? Ula or whatever. Jar Jar's a dancer. Uh, Jar Jar, Jabba's dancer, like those alien girls that have the blue tendrils on their heads. Mm. I like that part where they say they're going back to Naboo and Jar Jar's like, We're going home! <laughs> I love Jar Jar. I like too, like when the trilogy wraps up, you hear a Gungan, like you don't know if it's Jar Jar or whatever, like just in the giant crowd, you just hear somebody going, We're so free! <laughs> Sending Darth Maul, his apprentice. Sending my apprentice. A sip? Here? I don't know why, like, I really like the way this spaceship looks in the movie, like, the interiors, like, the the consoles and everything. Like, it looks very real to me, and, like, it's, like, a real thing. See, like, even right there, when he's talking to that pilot, and the pilot's like, oh, you catch on really quick. See, like, he's just smart, like... Yeah, he's not a dodo. Like, he actually, uh, the way they portray it, it's just, like, he's good at a lot of stuff, but it, it's it's more that he's, like, he's naturally bright, but he's engaged. Like, he's asking questions. He, well, he just doesn't need to blink his eyes and say, oh, somehow I knew how to do this. <laughs> but, yeah, so we're pretty much closing out Act 2 now. We're getting ready to go down the home stretch in Act 3. They gotta go back to Naboo, and uh, unfortunately, everybody's been no, kind of. You don't have to. She's choosing to, even though everybody's selling her things. She's going back to fight, yeah. Which I'm curious if this was part of Palpatine's plan or not, because he does. He did look surprised when she said she was going back or whatever. Here, Hugh McGregor has his wig on for some reason. I never understood this. I never heard the real story because, like, you can tell when it's Hugh McGregor's real hair and when it's, like, this wig. 
because it's like completely different length of the hair and also too when his hair is his real hair his face is like way thinner <laughs> whereas like I mean he don't look chunky or anything but he's more like filled out here he always in that scene with that wig on he reminded me of like a young uh, Russell Crowe I don't know why, but I always like it when Jar Jar swims in and out of the lake. But, um, so what was your, because, I mean, you were obviously alive. You weren't a Star Wars fan, so, like, when this movie was building up and about to come out and all the hype, like, did you just ignore it or just not care at all? Or like, Pretty much. Like, it wasn't really, like, present to me, because... Like, I kind of always said it, like, this was kind of always, like, a boy thing mm-hmm. to me, so, like... I like those little guns. And, like, my mom never really watched any kind of, like, stuff like this, like... Yeah. And really, the only kind of stuff I watched was just whatever was on TV or whatever my mom put on, you know? So, it was never really anything that was, like, the uh, like, the... Other Star Wars movies, like, they never really, like, existed in my universe until, like, I was older. There's that baby hippo running across the floor again. Yeah, yeah they meet all the Gungans and make the pact of what's left of the Resistance fighters to meet up with the Gungans. This fight's cool. And Padme's like, move it or lose it. Yeah. Yeah, they always tell him you still Bombad. And there was also another game, something Star Wars Bombad Racing. It was like a Mario Kart ripoff of Star Wars characters. I never really understood what the slang Bombad word means. This is where she finally <laughs> reveals herself. His face, what? What? Georgia's like, what? Everybody's so confused that she's the real queen. <laughs> I know we talked about this other night, but like, I could never tell Qui-Gon knew or not. Like, they kind of look like, oh, that's amusing. Him and Obi-Wan to each other. But I could never tell for sure. I don't think he did. I don't think anybody did. I mean, when we watch, we can tell they are different. But yeah. I don't know. I don't think they did in the movie. Yeah. And uh, Boss Nass, he's the leader of the Gungans, which he looks different to me than all the other Gungans. He looks more like a frog. Yeah. They look more like a platypus or something. But, um, he totally, uh, gets a power trip or the fact that the Queen of Naboo is getting down on her knees and begging for, uh, so, see, like, the, there is Ewan McGregor's real hair. Looked totally different. But, um, yeah, like, I was all, you know, obviously, like, the countdown of this movie, man, I couldn't wait. Like, we thought, like, the world was going to blow up. We thought we thought people were going to, like, take fire axes and lock the door down to the theater, get in. Like, I remember me and my buddy driving. We, we didn't go see the movie, but the day it opened, we, we drove around to see if people were camped out of the theaters. And, like, they weren't. We're like, what's going on? Star Wars Day, whatever. But I remember, like, Taco Bell had, like, I don't know if it was a sweepstakes or a game or what, but they had, like, these little stickers you would get. And, like, you it was, like... Monopoly at McDonald's and you get like a board and you try to fill in the thing I guess to get prizes I don't know but I just remember I was just eating the shit out of Taco Bell to get those little pieces and get whatever it was, it was, it was I don't know it just I like like I remember when part 2 and 3 came out very vividly too but at this one in particular just the the build up and the hype and like I mean I don't know it's very hard to quantify whether like 
the movie lived up to the hype, but it wasn't really about that. It was just, to me, it was just the experience of Star Wars was back, and just all these toys have been flooding out everywhere, and video games. Just, like, the thing of, like, when you love something and you just want it to, like, because, like, you know, like, my youngest years were all grown up being in the Star Wars, like, you know, really young. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, like, six when... Uh, Return of the Jedi came out and then like you know I watched it die off in the years afterwards and it was just sad that like Star Wars was gone and you never thought it was going to come back and then finally it did so I don't know like I I remember my dorm room or apartment whatever you want to call it like you know like you always have those fairs at the beginning of the school year where they come to your college and sell you a bunch of posters and shit I bought like a a poster it got all screwed up because it kept falling off the wall but I bought a poster of basically the duel of uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. So it was just like, I remember that fall too after the movie had come and went out of theaters and there were still more video games coming out and just everybody was still about it. Like it's just, it's hard, it's like hard to imagine like when I went back to school that fall in September that everybody was still like all hyped about a movie that came out in May. Like that (laughs) never happens anymore, you know what I mean? Yeah. Everything's like so, uh, come and gone. Yeah, and people love that. Like the fact that there's people arguing about streaming shows that they want they want it all to be the binge model still, and it's terrible to wait week to week. I'm just kind of like, if you love something, why do you want it to be over with so quick? It's just weird to me. They're uh, getting ready. They're still trying to talk the queen out of going and kicking ass at the capital. <laughs> I know feed. she's getting tough. Yeah. There are so many good Star Wars games. I never had, like, the just regular Phantom Menace game for, uh, I think, PlayStation 1. But I had the Star Wars Jedi Power Battles, which was kind of like a recreation of a lot of the scenes of this movie for Dreamcast. And then for Xbox, one of the launch titles was um, Star Wars Obi-Wan, which was an awesome game. I wish they would make Battlegrounds compatible. But you kind of weaved in and out of, like, original little missions and then also you got to do a lot of stuff uh the last half of the game i think was pretty much around this time of the movie where you got to invade the thing the capital and fight a bunch of droids and stuff man look at that look at that that gungan army jar jar wasn't kidding when he said we still got a grand army <laughs> it's so funny because on that scene that just passed where like they're talking to to palpatine and he's like moving back and forth Mm-hmm. I was like, why is he moving like that? I That was another thing I just barely noticed last time. Mm-hmm. That the, whatever he was like being, uh, his hologram was coming out of was on another walking thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's why. <laughs> I was like, why is he moving side to side like that? It's a hologram. <laughs> it's so weird. Look, the grass looks like it's really like floating. I know. Like this was, uh, like especially when you see it on film, it's like a lot more kind of like, I don't know. Uh, well, it's just, it just it just looks different. Like if you look up the thirty five millimeter trailers of of uh, this movie on YouTube, you can see. I thought this is funny. They had laser pointers signaling each other. But like, yeah, like once they start attacking and stuff. But like, this is like way before Avatar, and like I think the Gungans, like they're really like they're, this was the original movie that had aliens like that were like kind of portrayed as native aliens, if you know what I mean. 
Here we go, the massacre of the droids. Of the droids. I know, these poor droids. Couldn't they save some... Like, I know they say that they never build any, but, like, there's a couple of the ones on the ground that were just laying there all messed up that they ran by. Like, they looked real. Mm. Oh, I love those. No, I'm not this when they, yeah, they're trying to take the hangar back so they could uh, get their starfighters and then the blue starfighters up in the air to go take out the uh, space stations. <laughs> space is so fun. Well, there's sparks flying all over energy. Oh, I thought it was funny that their pilots, like, dressed, the Naboo pilots dressed in, like, robes and stuff. Like, they, you, you would think being a, squished in a tiny convoy, you wouldn't want to be wearing a bunch of long robes. <laughs> R2 got sucked up into a starfighter in mm-hmm. Anakin. They're, I've never noticed that. They actually kind of look like a stunt double of the Queen right there. They didn't really look like Neil Portman. But yeah, like I kind of thought that Naboo star, starfighters were kind of... One already died. Yeah, he got shot. Oh my God. There's, a, there's a tank down on the thing. But, um... Yeah, I thought these, these kind of starfighters were kind of plain when this movie first came out. But, like... I don't know, like, the, the design's really grown over me on the years. I, yeah, I, get, it's I guess... The style. It's like the style of the other ones. Yeah. Like the other um, flyer. Yeah, it's kind of like a prototype of X-Wing a little bit. Baby Yoda's flying around in one now. Yeah, like the one that Padme's been flying around in. The silver one. The big silver one? Yeah. yeah. What? Well, I, I like the contrast of the, uh... Like, how half of it is that yellow paint, and the other half is, like, the chrome or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, here, he, oh, no. here's the show star. This is what I really love. The uh, droid transports, those those big, long, like, column-looking ships, which you didn't really know why they're shaped that shaped like that. And then here, it's like, they, they pull out this, like, mechanism that starts unraveling... Like row after row of, of droids instantly, and I love the shots of them getting rolled out, and I love how like they drop them on the ground and then they all stand up together. Like I know all the shots were in the trailer and stuff, but when you see it in the context of the movie, like yeah, yeah here it's even cooler. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Look at all that. It's like instantly within like two oh. minutes they have like a hundred thousand troops on there. Like that's what's cool about having uh, a droid army. Yeah. Yeah, I like Jar Jar's buddy that he's always talking to, the older gun. You know, I don't remember if he has a name. I don't get why they can just walk through it. Because it's one of those things. It's a force field, but it's like. It's like laser fire can't move through it, but like slow moving things can. Like. They're <laughs> like so funny when they're swinging them around. Yeah. So basically, like, the weapons the Gungans have, like, they don't have laser blasters. They have, like, kind of energy weapons, or it's basically different balls of different size that, like, when they hit stuff, it's basically, like, electromagnetic pulse that will release, and, like, that's how they're killing the, um, the, uh, droids, basically short-circuiting them with balls of energy. Stay in that cockpit. Yeah, I'm surprised Qui-Gon tells them to stay in the cockpit, oh, no. it's just like... Yep. Oh, everybody's like, oh, shit. Here's the trailer money shot. Oh, Darth Maul coming out. Look, Qui-Gon, we'll handle this. Yeah, I love how oh, Padme's like, we'll take the long way. Power shot. Yep. Bang. Bang. 
See, that's what I'm saying. Like, Duel of the Fates is playing now, obviously. But, like, this is so, like, I don't know how to describe it other than epic, but that's really what it is. And I can't believe, like, people who hate this movie so much or whatever, I can't believe they can't acknowledge, like, how great of a filmmaking style of a build-up this is. They even build up him fucking taking out his double lightsaber. I know. Only one comes out and then the other one. The world lost their mind when that was shown in the trailer. The double lightsaber. We should just sit here and do the sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Anakin uh, accidentally gets launched in space in his fighter because he was... Uh, Trying to use the guns to knock or out the Jordicas. Was it the Force? Yeah, yeah. This like the first time I seen the movie, I didn't know how to make what to make of this either too, because I'm just like, yeah, blow those fuckers up. I'm like, why is this all happening by accident? Like, but I, I like that eventually he does control the ship himself, and he, he actually can fly it himself. I like that. I like that shot. That was cool. Yeah, I like how you see the waterfall like on the edge of the city. It here. reminds me of like when you're on the roller coaster and then you're like. Where are you going up? Now, a lot of people say... Oh, cool. For many years, a lot of people were obviously saying that this was... um, Oh my god, don't go over there. That this was the best lightsaber duel in all of Star Wars. And I totally understand why people say that. But then later people said this was actually a a really bad lightsaber duel. Because it just... It looks so choreographed. And people thought, no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm really not even being sarcastic here. People said the best lightsaber duel was at the end of Force Awakens when Rey and so Kylo whatever, fight. Or I'm gonna cut you off. Because, um, why? <laughs> I don't care what you're saying. <laughs> it just does. They say lightsaber. Because it's not valid. Lightsaber fight should not look choreographed. That it should be rough and choppy and like There's nobody no should know. There's no validity door. to anything anybody says comparing that to these but I, th- I, I think if you take into account <laughs> the way sure. that this is positioned <laughs> is that they they can't anticipate things and kind of see them a split second before they happen I think that's why it looks so choreographed because like not only are they great fighters where they can block each other's stuff just on a physical level like but they also kind of know what's going to happen next you know what I mean yeah just the way Anakin knows how to fly the See, like, this is the kind of thing that I was talking about. Like, he's being clumsy and, like, you know, accidentally doing shit. But now he's, like, actually helping. Yeah, he's actually making the droid stuck to his foot. So it just kind of is, like, I mostly just feel endearing with him. Because it's, like, as much as he's, like, such a doofus, it's, like, he still has, like, manages to, like, do some good somehow. This, this is tense. Yeah. This was uh, another bone of contention because the behind the scenes documentary, you see Lucas in the screening room with like all the producers around him. And he's like, he's like, well, he's like, he's like, you really can't change anything on this in sequence because it's all cut together. It's all happening simultaneously. And people are like, yep, that's where you went wrong, George. It's all because like people are saying like there's all these different tones going on here with like comedy and then super serious stuff with like Qui-Gon getting killed and like he was kind of stuck in a way with that but I 
I think, like, overall, like, you gotta understand it's just, like, all this grand but shit I mean, is going on. You don't know what's gonna happen in any battle, like, yeah. in any war, like, ever, like... Well, not like that, but I mean, <laughs> you have to accept that this is a PG movie. This isn't even PG... This isn't the dark and gritty world of PG-13 modern film. This is a PG... This was meant to feel like an adventure film, an overall... You know, look at this badass chick. Yeah, I love it. I love it when they repel up with the grappling yeah. guns. It's so awesome. Like, the, see that? I mean, obviously, the the most amazing thing going on right now is the uh, lightsaber fight with Darth Maul. But then, like, I always love this stuff too. How they're taking the palace back. Like, this is why she's my favorite. Cause she is fucking like. Taking it, kicking ass, taking it, whatever the fucking saying is. Like she's like yeah. kicking ass. I'm like, I don't know. Like I just, I love that take charge attitude that she has. Always, she's not just waiting around for a guy to come help her and save her. I always like this, like what do you call it, mechanical room, engine room, because it's kind of similar to like the interior of the Death Star, but it's so scary because like they're falling off such high off platforms yeah. and like barely saving themselves and there's like those giant energy beams that they look like they could fall into at any time I guess it's just like a giant power reactor here that powers the city is really what they're fighting in oh my god this is where it gets scary when they get trapped in the little force field rooms I love this part but Qui-Gon's fighting style is so awesome like the way he's just going straight at him this yeah, this is such a memorable moment when they get trapped in the little rooms. Uh-huh. And Darth Maul's like pacing, pacing like an animal, and uh, Qui Gon just sits down and oh, meditates for a second. God. I love, <laughs> I so love him awesome. so much. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, I, like say what you want. Like, like, this guy, he's like, I'm going to kill you, fucker. Like, let me, the, let me like, take a breath. <laughs> all these sequences, though, like the little moments like that, there's so much thought put into them that, like, I don't care what movie it is nowadays. Like, I don't think you really see this attention to detail anymore. Mm. It's so weird because it's like, I know this movie so well, but like every time I watch it, like I can't help but get wrapped up in it. <laughs> and at the same time, like I remember so much of like my life of what it was like during this time. Like it's just one of the most vivid, like of all the movies that like in surrounding its release and everything, this uh, is one of the ones like I have the most vivid like, memory again. Doofus, but then what he does actually helps them. Yeah, he tries to jump on the back of the little truck thing, but he unleashes all the balls, which <laughs> that looks funny. Which like I don't get like why they didn't oh. think to do this themselves because it's like the little balls run down. I actually like the Gungans like overall. Yeah. Like, I know I know Jar Jar's goofy, but he's really the only goofy yeah. one out of all of them. Like they're yeah. all pretty badass warriors. They're all normal. I like this where he he want, he sells him. I don't have a boomer, and he gives him the the thing, and he bumbles it, and it just totally just hits the droid. Oh. That's what I'm saying. Like even though he's so doofy, like yeah. he still manages to help somehow. Like I don't really think these Jar Jar hijinks like really like take away from like the other sequences that are going on. Yeah, because there's just, still a battle. Yeah. And yeah, and like when they get taken, like prisoner oh, or whatever. That was yeah. Pretty much once the Droidicas show up, even if you're a Jedi, pretty much the party's over. Like there's nothing you can do against them. Yeah. He's still kicking ass. Yeah. 
See, uh, another thing that's cool too, like the droid fighters, which like you really don't get to see a lot until like this last sequence. But I thought it was cool the idea too that the droid fighters like it's a spaceship that's just a giant droid itself. You know what I mean? Just all the machine. I know I keep talking about it, but all the machinery of the droid army I think is like so cool because like you don't really need to like in a war like you you need to recruit people or draft people and like you don't really need to do that with droids you just make them and then you have an instant army ready to fight a war for you it's such a cool idea oh man awesome Ray Park is Darth Maul the anticipation they built up here I don't think they would ever have the patience to do now but so awesome and Obi-Wan's trying to get in there to help Darth Maul. Ugh. I hate this book. Oh, God, I'm already going to start crying. It's such a little moment, too, because, like, Darth Maul kind of just, like, he ties him up for a second, like, with a saber. He fakes him out, and then he, he bops uh, Qui-Gon in the face with, like, the handle of his thing. And then, like, that's... It's like what... Anakin knows it's coming. I mean, uh, Luke, um, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan knows it's coming. Yeah. And then that's like the one, it's like, it's just one little mistake Qui-Gon made in the fight, and then Darth Maul uh, totally like, impales him. Oh, there's those little uh, other droids. I guess they're just like maintenance droids, those little silver ones. They eat you? Yeah, like they, they pick up all the broken parts of the destroyed droids. To, uh, this part's fun. Me give up. <laughs> yeah. The guy's like, oh yeah, yeah. They surrender. Jar Jar surrenders. Oh, this part's cool. I like it. Yeah. She totally fakes them out. They 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 take the queen and all her soldiers hostage, and then she basically just like. She's like, this is my palace. I know everything about it. She yeah. She's got all these guns hidden. There's a distraction with one of the. <laughs> she's like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Like, they basically fake them out with the uh, imposter queen. So they're like, oh, this isn't the real queen. And then she just goes and grabs a bunch of guns. <laughs> and they shoot all the droids. Taking the Morgan's hostage. Yeah, kick ass, kick ass. Which is so cool in uh, the Star Wars Battlefront 2 when you get to fight in these palaces. Like, it's so weird because, like, I feel, I feel like I've been to this, even though it's, like, a fake city. I feel like I've been to that place. Because I've played in the uh, He's game so much the level. <laughs> oh, look at him. He's jumping. Oh, look at his little hair flying around. Yeah, I like I like Obi-Wan's little long braid. Oh he's got like a ponytail, and then he's got like a little long braid coming off the back of his hair. Like, look at this fight scene, man. This Kill is so this cool. Fucker. Oh, you're dead, fucker. I actually like Darth Maul when he oh. when he gets this thing chopped in half and he's just fighting with one half of the saber. I think that's yeah, even cooler cool looking. Oh, damn. I love his fighting style, Darth Maul, the way he flips had a around. Piece of his, uh, cloth flying to the air. Yeah. Oh, die, fucker. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's so hard to say because, like, I always love, uh, I always love the uh, fight between Anakin and or not Anakin. I'm sorry, Obi Wan and Darth. You're doing what I did. Yeah, Darth Vader and A New Hope when they're old men and stuff. Like story wise, that's my favorite fight. But it, like this one, there's so many cool parts. 
Yeah, like this where Anakin just starts blasting the uh, droid ship from the inside. Oh, thank Oops. <laughs> but just story-wise, the, the Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Darth Maul one is so good. Like, I guess Luke versus Vader in Empire Strikes Back is the most visceral and scary sword fight of all of them. Yeah. But this I one... I think that one, though, is more... Um... So much more emotion ridden. Yeah, it is. Because he thinks he's confronting the person who killed his father, but, yeah. you know. But even when they're just fighting, like, it's very scary because, like, they're out in those <laughs> platforms in Cloud City and it's all dark and stuff. But this one is just, like, the coolest fight in terms of, like, all the different stuff that happens. And I love the, um, I love the part we're at now where Obi-Wan is hanging off the ledge. Dang, this little boy is getting blown up. <laughs> Damn. That's a good explosion right Bad. there. Michael Bay, eat your heart out. Yeah, so the, the command... Uh, Everybody's dead. Yeah, all the droids die because they, like, they're basically on Wi-Fi. <laughs> if you look at the back of that droid, it, like the symbols look like 1138, hmm. which is uh, the call sign of the stormtrooper that calls over the radio in the first Star Wars, and that's where they, uh, mm -hmm. it's a nod to THX 1138. But, um, this moment here where Obi-Wan is hanging from the ledge, mm -hmm. and he, like, kind of force jumps up, and then uses the force to pull Qui-Gon's saber into his hand. Mm -hmm. So awesome. Yeah. Boom, and he flips over him. Yeah, fucker. I love that cloud of, like, blood that goes in the air, too. This is the coolest shot when Darth Maul Man. falls, oh. and then he falls, like, splits in two. Ugh. So awesome. Oh no. Yeah. Qui-Gon's actually still alive. I mean, he's pretty much just dying real quick, but... Yeah, he, he took a saber through the body, and I guess because it, like, whatever, burned his insides. He didn't bleed to death or anything, but he still Oh, look, he touched his face. <laughs> I hate this. I mean, he even tells him here, he tells Obi-Wan, he said, train him, he will bring balance, he is the one. So it's literally his dying wish, so there ain't no way Obi-Wan's gonna, like, not do it. And it's just hard to watch, too, because it's like, Obi-Wan's pretty straight-faced the whole time, so it's like, to see him, yeah. like, sad and crying, like, it's so <laughs> hard to watch. And, you know, because, like, they get taken, I guess, or whatever. Accepted into the Jedi Order at such a young age that, like, you know, they can't really have any emotional attachment to their parents. So, really, they're, you know, the, the Jedi who train them, yeah. you know, it really becomes, like, their entire family. So, like, really, like, Qui-Gon was his whole family, you know? I love this too that the royal guard that uh, Sheev Palpatine has here as the Ugh. new chancellor, like they they oh, look their helmet. Yeah, their helmets look a lot like. Uh, he tells them he'll watch Anakin's career with great interest, but I like how they mirrored the Imperial guards from Return of the Jedi, who are red, but these ones are blue. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of a very similar style helmet. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting that they also repeated an outfit, too. Yeah. She was wearing that when they went back to Naboo. Like a little Yoda. <laughs> He's jamming. 
I don't know. He's spry and young in this one. That's where uh, they're talking about training Anakin. Yoda's still against it, but even even though Yoda thinks he might be the uh, chosen one, he's still afraid to train him. Yeah, it's quite God's wish. I will train Anakin. But what nobody understood was without the approval. He really was the chosen one. Yeah, because he raised him. Yoda's wispy hair. Or a baby Yoda's ever going to get that wispy hair like that. <laughs> he kind of has little hairs, but not that much. I love this scene, too, of Qui-Gon's Viking funeral. Uh, it's so awesome. Well, they repeat an outfit there, too. Yeah. Uh, never noticed that. It's so crazy because I still discovered new stuff in this one. <laughs> it, it looks like Liam Neeson's really laying in that fire there. But like, I remember when this came out and they have Qui Gon's funeral and everybody's saying, "Well, that's like not right because he's supposed to disappear when he dies." But uh, the way Obi Wan does, but it's it's kind of like a thing that like the Je that wasn't like a natural Jedi thing that all Jedi just disappeared in the thin air when they died. It's really the only ones that learned the, how to commune with the dead mm. would then transfer like that. Which is kind of, doesn't get talked about a whole lot in Star Wars, but I think it's interesting. I love that line too where Mace Windu and Yoda are talking about, you know, they killed Darth Maul and they're like, do we kill the master or the apprentice Sith? Mm -hmm. And then it cuts to the shot of them watching the funeral and then it cuts over to Palpatine in the corner. Mm. It's where you get to celebrate now, all the jets flying over, every waving their tassels. And Controlling the giant animals. The Gungans. And if anything, Naboo is kind of like more uh, unified now than ever, because now the Gungans, instead of hiding down in the cities, they're out in the open. Oh, I like little baby Obi-Wan. He's so cute. Anakin got his haircut. He's got a spiky haircut now. With his little ponytail. Yep. I don't know. I was like, I couldn't tell if that was Warwick Davis again or not. But yeah. I always wonder if that guy was a Yoda. Like, he's like a little guy, but he's like human. But then he—he's like a human. He's actual person, not CGI. He's a human with makeup on, but he's got like Yoda years. I always confused me. I was like, is that supposed to be a Yoda race person? But they were like more face down. Like. Yeah, it was weird. Yahoo! <laughs> Everybody's celebrating. Yay. I love it when the Star Wars uh, oh, movies can end on a big celebration. The R two's beeping. Oh, Boss Nass gets the giant trophy in this one. In this one. So that's it for the Phantom Menace. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> There was a, I don't know, I hated it. They, when uh, Force Awakens came out, the media came out to shit all over the prequels one last time to say, hey, get ready, get your popcorn ready. These new ones are going to be so great. But I like, I'm, I'm happy in the last, I don't know what it is, several years uh, since all this like kind of new Star Wars material has come out. It made people go back and look at the old stuff <laughs> and kind of be less harsh for and various like, reasons. Oh, it wasn't so bad. Yeah, maybe, maybe it didn't ruin our lives the way we said it did. 
But it's like, I always love this movie. I think I was at the perfect age. Like, there was some stuff when I first saw this movie, I was a little too old. I was like, yeah, this is a little corny. That's a little corny. But, like, from the get-go, I always really, really enjoyed this movie. And, like, now I just love it because really nothing like it gets made now. The sort of kind of, I don't know, innocence and PG adventure sense of it. Like, they're just, I don't know, they just don't make movies like that anymore. So it's like, I mean, I genuinely love this movie now more than ever. And it's like, no movie's perfect. But for this movie being what it is, and I can never let go of um, my experience as a Star Wars fan. And, like, I got to experience Star Wars as a young adult. And, like, I know for a lot of people that experience wasn't really, like, good. Like, they went through then what I'm going through now with current fake Disney Star Wars. But, like, you know, I don't know. Like, I just... I just appreciate this movie now more than ever. And I mean, is it one of your favorite ones? Because I know you, you like the prequel era of the timeline better. But you're more an Anakin fan than you are a Luke Skywalker fan. Yeah. I don't know. I think. I think it's three, two, one for me. Mm. Like I really like this one. Jabba the Hutt as himself. Oh, wow. Also, <laughs> Sofia Coppola was one of the uh, the fake Padmes, too. I totally forgot about it. I knew somebody else was, yeah. That's but. interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really like this one, but I like Anakin when he's older, so. You like when it's Hayden Christensen? I like, yeah, like I like... The whole, like, especially, like, the second one is all about the love story, and, like, I know that, like, people get annoyed with him as that, because he's kind of, like, this bratty little, like, teenager-type whiny baby in that one, but, like, I'm Mm -hmm. a sucker for a love story, so I like that one. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I really love this one, too. I mean, it is now officially recorded on tape, me crying throughout this movie, so, Mm -hmm. I mean... (laughs) Well, we hope... No, there's there's a very distinct possibility no one will hear this show. Because last time we recorded on this recorder, the memory card broke and nobody got to hear it. Okay, so, so maybe it's not documented. This, yeah, this is a brand new memory card. It's supposed to be, I forget what it said, high endurance, whatever that means. Hopefully it's high endurance enough to make it through the uh, Phantom Menace. We don't know yet. but Yeah, but like, yeah, I'd say it's it's number three for me. I think, of the first three. Yeah, I mean, I think this is, like, honestly, like, one of the, the most unique Star Wars movies. Because you get a lot of things that you don't really get in other ones. First of all, you get, like, like young Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Like, I know he's, you know, he's not old in the other ones. But he's, he's supposed to be, like, he's not a full Jedi in this one, really. Mm-hmm. You get young Anakin, which, you know... Mm-hmm. You don't get... You get Qui-Gon, which is in no other one. You get Darth Maul, which is in no other one. Mm -hmm. And, like, you pretty much... This is the only one that you really get Jar Jar in. So, it's, like... Well, like, and also, like I said earlier, like, this is the one where, like, my favorite characters are, you know, like... Yeah. I love Amidala, and I love Qui-Gon, so... And then just... I mean, I know not the way the movies were released, but it's, like, the introduction of R2 as well, and he's my favorite, you know droid character so and honestly yeah it's like everybody i love gets introduced in this one they do and this is the only one where um 
Padme is like the queen because she's just yeah. like the the you know like they switch queen. They never really explain it, but like they switch queens every few years. So like when they go back in the sequel ones, she's just like part of the Senate or whatever. And there's like a new queen down on Naboo. Right. So this is really the only one that you straight up get Naboo in. Like that's I, why I clarified. Yeah. Like I love Amidala. Like yeah. as I think I love her character. Like I love her as the queen character. Yeah. I love Padme too. Like. Yeah, but to me, like, yeah, this is, this one is not a Padme movie. It's a it's a Queen Dollar movie. Yeah, Queen Dollar. Yeah. yeah, but I that's I do like like her, and she gets even more badass in episode two. So let's try as Padme. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out in my head if Baby Yoda was born yet at this point. <laughs> So he's 50 years old in The Mandalorian, which takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. So he was 25 when Return of the Jedi happened. And there's 20 years in between episodes three and four. But the thing is, we don't know how many years are in between four, five, and six. So mm, that's hard. That's too hard to say because we don't know exact year. Because that's another thing, too. And like the, like these prequels, you can tell it because like you watch the characters grow up. Like when we go to episode two, it's yeah. t- they say it's ten years later, and Anakin is not a little boy anymore. Yeah. But there's there are supposed to be years apart in episodes four, five, and six. So they just don't really specify mm. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's one thing I never knew as a kid. I never knew that it was like really every movie was supposed to be years apart. Yeah. So they, so I, I yeah I I know it's out there somewhere in a book probably. But I personally can't say whether Baby Yoda was born yet or not. But he was probably being born around this time, though. Hmm. Maybe he was born... Um, wouldn't it be interesting Baby Yoda was born to bring uh, balance back again? <laughs> to balance out Anakin? And he was the one? Yeah, maybe maybe when, um, when Anakin turned bad, maybe Baby Yoda was born to balance him out. Maybe. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. But that's that's all just speculation. So yeah, Phantom Miss. I mean, I I don't even know what else to say other than I love it. And uh, I do. I mean, you and I have had this discussion before, and you know my opinion about it. But did George Lucas ever use the word prequel? Oh, um, to describe one through three. I don't know. I mean, cause like. And like I said, we've talked about this before, and I may have brought it up on another one of your shows at some point, or maybe on ours. I thought he... I, I thought I... I thought he did. Like, that word has always bugged me, how everybody calls those episodes that, because I'm just kind of like... And, it, and I think you had also said, too, that he wasn't the one that came up with calling them episodes. Uh, no, he did, because um, he was the one that... Attached afterwards, episode four. Because it it doesn't make sense to say episodes one, two, three, four, five, six, but then refer to any of them as a prequel or mm-hmm. whatever you would call the second half. That's the opposite of prequel. If you're calling them all episodes of one big story. Yeah. <laughs> so like I just always wonder that because that word is used so much to describe those three and I'm just kind of like did he even ever call them that? Like, I mean I don't know but either way it doesn't make sense it, to call them prequels. I mean it does. Well think about it. Think about it though. Like how ballsy is it that like 
you know, because, like, originally, like, he had, like, what he thought was going to be roughly nine parts. He had all these, you know, different whatever, mm-hmm. you know, eras, or he did different plot points and everything. And it's, like, how ballsy is it that, like, even just after the first one, like, A New Hope was a hit, he was, like, he was, like, Saying like all like you know because 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 once they did Empire Strikes Back, um, you know then they went back and they changed the credits of the first movie to say Episode Four. Mm. That's like ballsy to say like, <laughs> oh by the way like now. So he did that when only four had been released and five had just come out. It what. Like, originally in the theater, episode four didn't say that episode four. It just was Star... I I can't even remember if it said A New Hope or if that was added to later. Yeah. But no, it was just Star Wars. Star Wars was just Star Wars. Yeah. But when they when it was a hit and they were like, okay, we're going to do the sequel, they're like, it's 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 episode five, The Empire Strikes. So, like, because they were constantly... Because there was no home video back then yet. Yeah. They were just re-releasing it, like... And I should say, too, like, we were surrounded by Star Wars in this room. Like, we have the poster over there framed of the one-year anniversary of, like, when it was playing in theaters. May the force be with you. One-year-old today. Yeah, one-year-old today, where it has the birthday cake and all the little figures around it. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, he would, like, you know, because they were constantly re-releasing them. And so when they did the re-release again... And I, and I don't know exactly which re-release it was, because they just kept doing it. Because like, cause you got to imagine, like, it was three years in between each film. So it was like, at some point, he was just, like, on the release prints, like, change it to make it say Episode 4, New Hope, you know? Um, so it's like, yeah, like, how ballsy is it to be like, oh, we made Star Wars... And now we're going to make Star Wars 2. But Star Wars 2 isn't Star Wars 2. It's, it's Star really Wars 5. <laughs> like, that's ballsy. And, like, I remember, like, us as kids, like, when we would see that. And, like, you know, starting with, like, Empire or whatever. Like, you know, by the time they all had video, they all had those on there, you know. And I remember us being, like, like, we just thought it was, like, we never thought he would make one through three. We thought it was like, like a thing of like, yeah, there was supposed to be like, like, like we thought it was just basically a marker to let you know that you were jumping in halfway through the story. Yeah. But there was, there was, it's, it's, it's hard to like talk about because I guess you could <laughs> like look up old articles and magazines and shit. But nobody knew, like nobody really thought he was going to do episode one through three at any yeah. point. And then when he, and then he announced that he was going to do it. Like, there was a lot of people that were so weirded out, and, like, they could never in their mind be like, okay, like, what part is that supposed to be again? Like, the new ones, you know? And I'm like, it's episode one, because it's like, I guess it's confusing if you don't have it burning your brain that four through six are four through six, then you're probably confused. But it's not like he jumped around in time, he just did four through six, and then he did one through three. But it's just like, it's so crazy, like, yeah, like... Because I think for the longest time, and I have to say, like, I wish he would have done the opposite. Well, first of all, I wish he, George Lucas would never stop making Star Wars. But, like, I wish he would have, instead of doing one through three when he did them, I wish he would have done seven through nine and then went back and done one through three. Because, yeah. I mean, 
I don't know. They're, they're like, yeah, we, we need to wrap it up. This is a long episode anyway. Because we went on so early on. We went on so long at the beginning talking about how bad this janky fake 4K looks. But this is looked. the first one of an annual tradition you're starting. Yeah. So I guess <laughs> that's the real announcement to wrap up with. It was like, in order to celebrate... Because they haven't, you know, in May the 4th, that's not a Star Wars anniversary. That's yeah, like a that's gimmick holiday to sell months. merchandise. Yeah, that's like March 10th Mario Day, Martin Day. It's like, but yeah, like, you know, we don't want to drown you in Star Wars content the way we did our other old podcasts. But like, <laughs> but like, yeah, like, we can make this a once a year thing. Star Wars is Star Wars. It's not going anywhere. So, well, didn't you say, like, this is your first Star Wars episode of this show? Of this show, yeah. 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 I can't believe you have never done one before. Well, I just avoided it, because it's like, I always talked about Star Wars on other shows. Yeah. Like, Movie Wars, we did a whole Star Wars <laughs> breakdown. We talk about Star Wars a lot on this show, just like, on our, like, like topic shows. It yeah. always comes up, like, what do you think about this, or going on Star Wars, or that, or that. So, I mean, we definitely talk a lot of Star Wars in the show, but this is the first Star Wars movie, so, yeah. You know, and, like, obviously we could have done an episode four tonight, you know, because it is the 45th anniversary, but I'm like, let's make this an annual thing and start from the beginning, you know what I mean? So, yeah. And you're going to do all of them. You're not just doing six, the six episodes, right? What do you mean? Or are you also doing the the one-offs? Oh, yeah, like Solo and Rogue yeah. One. Yeah, I'll do those. And, uh, we'll so we're doing all of them in chronological order. Yeah, so so we'll... And keep in mind, that's assuming this podcast is going to be around for eight more years or whatever. But, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll do them in chronological order. And that, that might be a little fun, too. Yeah. But, um, and obviously, us in real life will probably rewatch them before we... Yeah. You know, like we'll, we we like to do a marathon every now and then. We always watch Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But uh, and we have no problem with it. And you'll you'll get those Blu-rays from our cold dead hands. <laughs> we'll never switch over to the streaming streaming garbage resort. Next year we'll watch the disc. <laughs> I don't even want to cry about it because I know it'll never happen. But you know, you know how awesome it would be to watch the Mandalorian in 4K Blu-ray. Oh my god, that would be awesome. I don't know as long as they do it right. Well, I mean, they would because I mean that shows like created modern. They don't they don't have to gimmick it the way they did these old ones. But yeah, so we hope you guys are uh, enjoying the anniversary. We hope the anniversary means something to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, if. If you're listening to this, you're a Star Wars fan. If you're not listening to it... Who cares? Because you're not hearing it. Well, yeah, you're not hearing it. So, I mean, if you're not a fan, you're not going to hear it. Um, Every now and then, like, I hear, like, podcasts talk about, like, they did a Star Wars episode and they got new listeners. So, in case you you are, you just off chance happen to be a new listener, even though the show's been around for six years, it just comes up in your search or whatever... Like, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed listening to us. I hope you go and uh, listen to some of our other episodes. But even if you're only here for a one-time Star Wars fan, like, you know, whatever flyby, thank you. We appreciate you. We appreciate Star Wars fans because we are Star Wars fans. And, like... All you're going to get is is love and passion from us from mm. when it comes to the OG George Lucas. Episodes 1 through Wars. 6, at least. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get a little bit, too, from the one-offs. Those aren't good. Yeah. But, 
because those are more kind of in the vein of the George Lucas's stuff. But yep, it's all day, all night. We'll watch episodes one through six. One through six. I love every second. The classics. Too many memories. Too much. Too much high emotion to ever let those go. No matter. No matter how uh, spoiled and rotten the current. The sour milk is. <laughs> it will never ruin the original. So yeah, and I just don't even connect those. Those are that's a whole different entity. So to me, it's, yeah, it's all well, about one through six. So. When they're made by different people, it's hard to yeah, kind of you know. But anyway, we appreciate that. Happy Star Wars Day. Woo. How did he? How did you do in the end? You the guy. Yeah. But yeah. It was a super bomb bad evening for sure. <laughs> no, because that means it was bad. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's what super bomb bad. I think super bomb bad just means hectic, but I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so anyway, thanks a lot, guys. And uh, hopefully, we'll see you back again here soon in the movie graveyard. You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com.